decide the topic from love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You yeah. can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. I'm Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hey. What's up? Well, that is a uncharacteristic level of enthusiasm. I was uh don't mock me, okay? It's really hard to get it up for this world right now. That's uh also strange phrasing, but all right, we'll go with that. Uh before we went live, I was uh browsing the news because I haven't seen that much that interesting for the last few days, gearing up for the midterms and all that. That seems to dominate the news cycle right now. But last uh I did stumble across uh a story out of uh New York. Last week I said um I was going to retire to pursue a career in getting defamed by Alex Jones because that's where all the, the money's yeah. at. After what I just saw, I think I'm actually, I've changed my mind. I'm going to retire to pursue a career in being an illegal immigrant in New York City. Have you seen this tent city? I know. Oh, my it's, God. It's fantastically large. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Xboxes. Popcorn. Foosball. I don't have a foosball table. I don't have room for a foosball table in my in my. Not illegal home. enough. That's the problem. You get a bed, you get everything a guy could ask for. So it's nice to know that if, um, if if everything went to shit and Susan decided to get rid of me, there are options. But to your point, uh, I wonder what happens if you show up at the New York City tent city or whatever this is, the encampment, with a uh, U.S. citizen ID. Yeah. Are you dismissed? You have to leave or can you partake? You should try. You should no. hidden camera that shit. If anybody, uh, not that I expect we have a ton of listeners within the vicinity of this camp, but if you happen to be one and you're walking by it, I would like to know if you just declare yourself homeless and you try to partake in the accommodations at this particular yeah. facility, what happens to you? They yeah, tell you to get yeah. the hell out of here. Maybe. What if you just have nothing on you? Do they look? Do they? You don't look Venezuelan or something. Do you have to? Do you have to be this brown to get in or how do they do it? Well, they racially profile in that instance. I'm sure. Okay. It's okay then. <laughs> or do you have to get busted? to take resources in. from the American You community. have to get off the Abbott bus or the DeSantis bus. Is that <laughs> yeah. how you do it? Like, how do you get into this place? Anyway. Uh, uh, I'm, maybe, maybe, we'll get, maybe we'll get into some of that. Sorry, the reason I'm laughing is because I was just browsing some of the screen names that are present in the server right now. And some of them I can't. I can't mention. Uh, that's why I was chuckling. And perhaps we'll get some some funny people, funny named people to call in and I'll mention them then. But uh, you guys are familiar with how the call in show works. At least most of you, if you are new to the show and you would like to participate, of course, there are instructions for how to do that in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. If you would like to participate, but you can't do it live, you're having trouble getting in live. Uh, remember that we do take email questions as well. The way to submit a question for uh, through email is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form, and we will answer those at the end of the stream as we do each week. We'll stop to do, to uh, catch up with your super chats in between uh, calls as well every half hour. Anything other than that before we hop into the calls? 
Nope, let's do it. All right. Uh, Porcupine is up first. Mr. Porcupine or Miss. I don't know. Mr. Hey, Matt. Hey, Blonde. How are you guys tonight? Hi, we're good. We are well. How are you? I'm great. This is actually kind of surreal. I just wanted to get this out of the way real first. I listen to you guys every morning, Monday, when I go into work. Uh, so it's awesome to actually hear from you guys. Uh, so this is surreal. <laughs> well, thanks oh, you're for calling be in. So disappointed. <laughs> oh, I can't wait no, to shatter no. the image of what what you think <laughs> we are. No, so this is my first time calling, but I, I was actually just curious because uh, I I listening. Well, obviously, uh, since I listen to you guys a lot. Um, but I would probably, in terms of like how I see the world, just to set the stage here, uh, I kind of see it more in blonde's view, maybe not all the way there, but more towards there than say like Matt does. Um, but the whole, the whole point I wanted to call was I needed your guys perspective on say this one very simple question. Is the United States a free country, plain and simple? Lol. No, of course not. Hmm. Probably uh, not, right? Well, I guess it's a compared to what question. I think globally speaking, yeah. But it, I don't think it's living up to its ideals or value structure, certainly. Right. Matt, do you think there's still, like, maybe because we have free states that that candle is still breathing? Or do you think it's it yeah. has to be like a whole cohesive? Yeah, well, if I wanted if I wanted to call myself a free person in the current state of the world, I would live in the U.S., Right. Uh, and I think there are states that do uphold those values, but but that's even that isn't what it should be because you have an encroaching federal government constantly. So even in those states, it, it's it's right. tough to say that you're as free as you should be. Oh um, yeah, 100%. no, I mean, am, am I free from uh, paying unfair taxes that go to things that I'm I'm totally morally opposed to? No, I mean, I'll be in prison for a variety of things that are righteous by by basic, basically any Christian perspective. Um, I'm, I personally am funding abortions in some way or another, and there's almost nothing I can do about it. Um, what about property taxes? You don't have any freedom from the government when you have to pay taxes on something that you should own outright. I have no freedom to say what I want to online without absolutely destroying my earning potential. Although in my situation, it is benefiting me financially, of course. Um, (laughs) But if I were a normal person, like working a normal job, uh, no. And then I think that the the weight of our myriad laws on the average individual, you know, the average individual law-abiding citizen still commits three felonies. Is it a day or a week? Like some exorbitant am- number of day, felonies. But I don't know. Um, yeah. And that's your average law-abiding, non-criminal white person. Uh okay. So, so no, do I live in a free society? No, I think we all operate under the guise that we live in a free society when we like look at the Middle East or some shit, but we really don't. This is clearly not a free country. What do yeah, you think? I, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Um, I, I'm completely convinced that we, we're not. I mean, we have an entire generation of young men who are completely addicted to pornography, food. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's not even close. Uh, we can't live in a free society if we can't even control ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 unbelievable. Very recently, I came back to God uh, in November of last year. Uh, I was a bisexual man my whole life, basically. And uh, when I think his name was Zol, uh, one of the dude who called a couple weeks ago, and he was like, you know, I'm oh, yeah. struggling with this whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I I still am. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Uh, that's something I still have to face. But it's all possible. 
you know, God's got me. I'm good. It's just going to take some time. But I, I have, uh, I have the, uh, the, you know, the faith that this will come around eventually. Maybe we won't live to see it, but something's going to happen. And the only other thing, Matt, is I love that you're a man of principles, Matt. You're a man of principles. I appreciate you. I'm glad you are. But what we have to understand is that we're coming into a period where principles are now starting to become basically unobtainable and we have to be more loyal to the nation than we are like principled because they're just going to walk all over us. Well, you know? self-preservation is a principle. You yeah. Know? Well, uh, that's true. And, and yeah. it's, it's a very important, important one. one. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm not saying you must die on the sword. I just, uh, as always, you, you have to be uh, appropriately principled and when to deploy it. Otherwise you become the aggressor, you become the bad guy. But to your point that you're making, I mean, how many unjust aggressions are committed against us on a daily basis? And I appreciate the way that you took that, too, because when you said, um, are we free? Uh, my mind, both of our minds went straight, more or less straight to government. Blonde, you mentioned a couple cultural things, but my mind went straight to government. And the way that you took it, Porcupine, was actually about uh, your freedom relative to your own vices. And that's true. Yeah. I mean, are any of us ever free if we can't control our vice? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and it's just because, um, a blonde, you're probably more familiar. Do you know a young man by the name of John Doyle? Yes. Um, I would have to say he probably saved my life. Uh, I'm going to admit it openly right now. Uh, if I didn't hear anything from him, I probably wouldn't even be here. Uh, but the point of the fact of the matter is he was very blunt about the fact that what we are fighting right now is a spiritual battle. Oh yeah. It's 100% spiritual. These people are evil. What they represent is evil. And I'm not afraid to admit that because it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. And what you've done, we yeah. talked about this with the caller um, last yeah. week or two weeks ago. Uh, dealing with sexual sin, I mean, that that has to be, especially for a man that has testosterone coursing through his veins, that has to be the most difficult struggle that you may ever face in your entire life. So it's no small thing that you've overcome yeah. this. Can yeah, I... Uh, no, uh, it, it, oh, no, you, can, ahead, Matt, sorry. you can stop me if it's too personal, but can I ask you what the defining moment or what what was it that got you to change your direction was it just listening to another person speak or was there some event in your life or what what caused that change so what happened was i was like a, a run in the mill we gotta go take out those terrorist uh, republican mm. guys in 2020 uh when i was like making my change or whatever and i was like what a uh, freedom we have that in the bundles no but um but basically corona happened mm. And I started watching you guys, and I started to realize quickly and slowly, okay, maybe I was lied to my whole life. Maybe something else is going on here. And the veil started to to get pulled off. And I was like, wait a minute, something's, something's not right. And uh, then my job got threatened because I didn't want Ooh, to take the vaccine. By the way, pure blood gang, we're good. Anyway. I, I hope that... Uh... We're, we're probably running out of time here, but I hope that you uh, congratulations on sticking to uh, sticking to your uh, principles on that one. But uh, did you did everything come out OK or were you punished for your refusal? No, uh, my entire company uh, flipped them the burn. We all kept our jobs. Oh, so. great. That well, is then you, awesome. Then, you know, yeah. you're working for the right people. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Um, you know, it is good. It is good. But I don't want to take any more of your guys time. I want to say thank you. You guys are excellent. I want to say thank you, Blonde. You're very nice. You're very sweet. Matt, you're thank very. You 
cool. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> and I will listen to you guys on Sunday, on Monday, well, Monday, again. So you guys have a nice Wednesday. I'll listen to the rest of the show. Well, thanks. Thank it was so a pleasure much. to meet you, and thank you for calling in. Yeah, pleasure. Take it easy. Bye-bye. You know, at the end of the day, it's like we can have subtle points of disagreement here or there. Anyone who knows that Corona is bullshit is my friend. I can, yeah. I, can I don't totally care. get along with those <laughs> Anyone who knows that. Uh, I posted this morning... I don't know if you saw this news. Did you hear that Boston University made a new Franken Corona? Essentially, they they With the eighty percent uh, fatality rate. In yes, mice? they lab yeah. created a combination between the original virus and Omicron to see what Why? would happen in mice. Why would you do that? And they tell because they have to learn about how to treat and prevent such a thing if it ever got out there. Do you know what's going to happen? Okay, so they're going to engineer some kind of strain that kills all the unvaccinated people. Wouldn't that be what you were going to do if you were an evil genius? I, I, well, I'm not going to take any of this at face value that we're just developing this stuff just to be really informed in case it ever were to develop and get out there. Yeah. Does it make sense that there, that was the end goal of this? Well, were there two goals? I think there were some political goals in terms of getting the guy they didn't like out of the white house but i certainly think there were business goals in that you create a perpetual uh revenue stream based on a vaccine yeah could that be the end of it yeah i could see that or to your point could there be some even more sinister motive where it's about i suppose weeding out who's compliant and who's not and punishing those who are not yeah yeah, uh, I know. that's not too outlandish for me to believe almost nothing is these days though all so, that's left would be um compliant people and by the way uh that research at boston university was uh niaid funded as in dr oh, fauci funded fucking surprise yes uh big bird costume deserved once again let's talk to uh egrin wouldn't that be funny if the if what saved everybody ended up being getting vaccinated <laughs> Okay, uh, Matt. What a twist. Uh, you know whether the what was the provocation that Russia had as the reason why he invaded uh, last year? Uh, do you know the specifics? Ooh, or? N- no, I'm not. I'm not really well informed on the relationship between Ukraine and Russia. I know that there's disputed territory, and from the Russian perspective, they okay. think that Ukraine is aggressive in territory that is or should be theirs. But that's all I. At least that's how I understand it. But if that's not correct, okay. let me know. Uh, were you familiar at all with the Minsk Agreement at all? No. Uh, that was back in 2014. Uh, it's something I do recommend that we probably should look up. Uh, second, do you think Zelensky will at all actually come to the table at this point? And given the fact that he's he's been asking us to basically go to war with uh, with Russia, and technically we are at war with russia this is not a proxy situation we're at given the fact that we've been given money uh, and building an army uh in ukraine and not only that russia uh, ukraine is being uh trying to get accepted by nato yeah i can't i can't see any indication from him that he wants to de-escalate get some sort of resolution it's uh i mean all I see from someone with limited information and outside perspective is a constant revenue stream. That's all I see. And I know this is a country that has had a lot of allegations of corrupt relationships in the past. 
Yeah. Now, I I don't know more than that. I'm I'm not going to say specifically that that is Zelensky's motive, but I will say from someone who follows the story at a distance with casual interest, I've seen no indication from him that he wants to find a resolution at all. Have okay. uh, do you disagree? Have you seen something from him? Nothing uh, really. Uh, honestly, nothing I I can honestly say point directly. Yeah. Uh I would say there has been activities of B-52 bombers uh, drills uh, since February and up to September. That has been at least confirmed in Europe. Uh, B-52s from whom? Who's flying them? Uh, us. Okay. Uh, B-52 bombers, uh, U.S. bombers. These okay. bombers are the nuclear type. So we, okay. So, and confirmed by whom? What is the source of that information? Uh, Fox News. Okay. All right. I know there was um I know there were people saying there was US aircraft in yeah. the vicinity of the Nord Stream explosion too at the time. Yes. Uh helicopters. Uh, and I haven't looked into that myself. So Yeah, I haven't looked into that either. I we need more information on that. Uh second, have you been keeping an eye on Montana? How are things going over there? Is your governor doing okay? I think uh Montana state politics are great. Our legislature and our governor have been doing a great job. We have uh, some very suspect your- people running for Congress right now. We picked up a congressional seat because of population increase. Um, okay. Um, but specifically in my county, it's getting kind of bad because this Gallatin County is one of the it's one of the preferred spots of the leftist influx. So, okay. Downtown right. Bozeman is is going south, but the state is still in great shape. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it- one request is, could you just double check on your uh, some of the city halls around? Double check if there's any type of pictures that uh, are in Chinese. <laughs> I've uh, not, I've not seen that, but I don't visit city hall very frequently, so uh, I don't know. It, uh, it would be appreciated if you are able to. Well, what are you worried um, and, about? Are you worried about Chinese infiltration or what? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, from for mayors, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, we definitely don't have a Chinese uh, mayor, but we have uh, we make up for it with disabled Muslim trannies and things like that. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Um, OK. And what was the last thing? Uh, I know we got to be quick, 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 quick. Um, all right. That uh, monsters will shrink your dick. Don't drink. Monsters, they're terrible. They, oh, no. They're like Surge. Yeah, They'll sp- shrink your dick. Speaking of vices, we were just talking about you know becoming a slave to your own vices. Oh, caffeine, man. I, I'm a slave to various caffeine sources, and uh, you're right. I should Coffee's cut back. Better. Coffee's better. Yeah. Oh, no, I, mean, I, I drink, drink way too much coffee. Why not both? You know, it's uh... not, not both. Just coffee, uh, monster, uh, drinks your dick. <laughs> All right. A terrible sex life. <laughs> All right. See you later. Thank you, man. All right. Later, guys. Take care. Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on any of those topics? Any Zelensky hot takes or? No, I mean, he's clearly uh, trying to initiate some sort of war with the West where we where we bolster them against Russia. I, I mean, he's doing this for political purposes. I don't think he, anything is going to compel him to. stop well it's frustrating from a u.s perspective because if we were going to offer aid and that's a big if to me because i'm not convinced that we need to have any involvement in this necessarily particularly because we don't well we don't have a uh, a nato alliance with this country Mm -hmm. we have some kind of 
defense agreement or whatever. But if you're going to perpetually fund some war from afar, there's there have to be conditions or there has to be at least a goal or or some sort of plan that you're working towards. In this case, it's just uh, you have actual candidates. Was it in a sitting senator or candidates? I forget. But you hear this come up frequently in the Senate debates that are going on right now for the midterms. There are candidates out there saying, I would apply no conditions and yeah. have no timeline on aid for Ukraine. I will cut them blank checks forever. Yeah. And that's not only viable in many circles. That's a popular policy position. Well, those people don't understand the nature of inflation and how um, inflation on a domestic level can also happen when you're printing money for foreign from foreign countries. God, these people are retarded. What do they think is going to happen here? So how long until we get the Ukrainian Inflation Reduction Act? It's a big yeah, problem over there. We got to spend our money to fix it. He was asking some questions about Bozeman. Where do you stand on um, on not going to restaurants that have kind of a tranny initiative or grocery stores, things like that. Cause I'm having a real problem hmm. with it here because it's all the well, best stuff. What do you mean a tranny initiative? What does that mean? So there's this place in town um, called crown and thistle. It's an English bar. It has the best, most authentic English food. There's nothing like it in town. I love the ambiance. They have a giant tranny flag. And then they did this Ooh. menstruating for Satan event where they like <laughs> collected tampons for like witches or something. I don't know. Like like the people that run it are, are obvious shit lib yeah, yeah. retards, you know. Um, but there is nothing like it in town. And so everybody, oh, make your own restaurant, blah, blah. I, I just want the, the other places in town to like step up their game. So well, I, as a consumer, don't have to take these hits. It's also my favorite grocery store, you know. What does I had to drive pull me my nuts? Like, swimming lesson. I'm not so fragile that I can't see something or someone or whatever that I disagree with, and like, yeah. you know, I have to throw a fit or something. So as long as you're not trying to throw it in my face, I really don't care. Oh, they're trying However, to throw it in your face. They have a giant reject hate sign. Oh God! The, but it's, I, it's, I hate boycotting because I feel like it never works. These people still live in town, even though, um, you know, I, nobody really agrees with them. Yeah. The uh, the best analogy or the, the most similar situation that we have is uh, there is a chain of Montana ice cream shops called Sweet Peaks. And Sweet yeah. Peaks has a shop in downtown Bozeman and they have a giant rainbow flag in the window. But their ice cream is premier. All right. It is know, the I best know, ice cream in town by far. Not close. And so it's always a, a little bit of a. I don't know. Whenever we go in there, which uh, we do from time to time, maybe once a month or once every two. And it's always that kind of. The ice cream is delicious, but I still feel a little ashamed because they have to throw it in my face. And I have to I have to say, all right, you sons of bitches, your ice cream is good enough. I'm going to put up with this. Me boycotting is not going to kick them out of town because they they clearly are are here to stay and they know people disagree with them or whatever. Yeah. and then, uh, so that doesn't that doesn't make a difference. The, yeah. the boycott, and also as a consumer, I want the best quality product. Yeah, pretty much irrespective of the beliefs of the owners. If I don't have to listen to what they believe, yeah, and that's I, the thing. that's I don't care what their stance on homosexuality is. I don't care what their stance on gay marriage is. I don't care what their stance on transgenderism is. All of that is irrelevant to me. Their ice cream is awesome. So if you I just know. would not make this an in-my-face issue, I will yeah. happily purchase your ice cream because but it's, it's the best. But it's not just they have a tranny Ugh. flag. It's like I also live by the owner's house, and they mm. in their yard, they have a giant Ukraine flag and then a tranny flag underneath it. I'm like, so what, are you, what are you trying to <laughs> tell me? No that you American support flag, Zelensky right? because yeah. he's a tranny? Is that what you're saying? 
Um, uh, did he do some drag stuff or what? He did some drag stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I know you guys are right, but it just pisses me off as a consumer that like we on the right can't rise to the level. Like there, there's just no, there's no arguing with the, the left having, um, having better stuff. Like my favorite musicians are often leftists and stuff. Am I just supposed to abandon this entire part of my life? Um, because I disagree with these people politically. Well, I don't want that. I don't want to have to vet and I'm not even advocating that I should vet the politics of every business that I patronize. I'm there for the quality of their product. Yeah, exactly. And that's what drives me nuts. They make me like I would like to have a conversation with them. Like I probably have some nuanced views about homosexuality that you may or may not share. Doesn't mean that I am hateful or something like that. But why, like, how is that relevant to our ice cream exchange here? And why, like, my son's too young, obviously, now. He's a year old. But why should, say, like, rainbow flag celebration be a part of this ice cream experience? If I'm going to take my son for ice cream and he asks, what what is this rainbow business? Am I going to have to explain that? Am I going to have to tell him it's nothing? Why is this relevant? Why is it relevant? And then, you know, for people that are, like, always boycott people like this, why can't people on the right rise to the level of of the artistry and the the restaurant business and everything? There's there's no replacement for this kind of stuff in my town. Well, that's a very and, that specific restaurant sounds very niche. I don't know that there are no. I don't know. I guess I just don't know the politics of okay, that many chefs. Maybe music? they do. Maybe they. I, I would agree that at least in my experience, they they dominate the music scene, and that's part of the reason I don't pay attention to music anymore. It's because every artist I've ever loved has to tell me how to vote, and yeah, I'm not but interested. That's a huge. In that. That's a huge loss in your life. I know. Like I told you about this band, Big Thief, that I love. They are so good. But the chick, you know, like armpit hair, shaved head, bisexual feminist, and like Ugh. I just feel like. I, I I have to get over. I, I'm just going to have to get over it. We're becoming the church ladies that I used to hate. But I don't want to be the, like that. The church ladies were right. All right. They were right when they told me I should have played less GTA. They were right. Man. And they were right about the satanic nature of the right music. Right about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess there's no clean answer on that. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more. But I want to get at least one more call in here before the bottom of the hour. Okay. Uh, Usura. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Hi, Matt. Yes. Uh, that's, All right. That's correct. Well, thanks for calling so, in. What's on your mind? Um, well, uh, for my sins, I recently read the European Commission uh, or European Union Handbook of Hate Memes. I was wondering if you were blonde. Oh, why? Um, well, I'm I'm interested in the uh, technocracy that they're building uh, to control speech um, and the way they're they're going about taking power in, in that domain. Um, and it's interesting to me that there are now degrees in propaganda studies and these people like literally get a couple hundred thousand dollar a year jobs at the UN, you know, analyzing 4chan memes and uh, and doing this stuff. And I, I don't know how we're supposed to deal with it. Yeah. Like, can you explain? I, I wasn't funny. aware this existed. It has to be existed. radicalizing some people, right? They're doing a, a, a meme analysis or a meme report. <laughs> what are we saying? Uh, yeah, yes, it's a meme analysis they put out. It was like a hundred and twenty-page publication wow. about hateful memes, and you know, some of it it was it was very interesting because some of it was just like stuff they made up that isn't real. Some of it they were like mischaracterizing it. Some of it they were they were portraying it correctly, but um, you know, it was it's just an incredible technical achievement. It was sort of miscellaneous. You know, they they had a hundred 
sort of the weight by by examples you know you these medieval french people used to have a hundred examples when they'd uh debate each other um ecclesiastically uh so it was kind of like that there are like a hundred different types of hateful memes um but the, they 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 pulled it. They put it up on their website, and then they took it down because they immediately became an object of great fun on the internet. And um, yeah, wait. So you can't. Okay. Where did you find it? If they took it, it's uh, stored elsewhere. Ar- archive, uh, I found an archive of it. It's it's hard okay. to share because it's ninety eight megabytes. But um, huh. uh, if if you want to see it, I'll I'll be happy to drop boxes. Uh, yeah, or if there's a link from from which I can download it, send it my. Yeah. I'd like to take a peek, but. I've I've heard nothing of this. Absolutely, I'll I'll send it to you. I I, right. I share it with people people on the server. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, yeah. So I I guess if you guys haven't seen that thing, um, my other thing is I'm going back to graduate school, and uh, I've encountered a lot of you know obviously liberals. Uh, they're much smarter than the liberals in undergrad, like people who are going to Yale Law School or you know applying to these these schools um they're i i think they have a, a they're much harder to debate because they're not complete idiots and the they, liberals at uh, your school in your grad school is what you're saying yeah yeah okay. in, in like the higher echelons um they're they're wrong but um right. they're probably smarter than me uh it's very hard to uh to dig in and hmm. sort of do well, combat with, particularly when you can't tease them at all and they can tease you. Ah. Right, right. Well, do you have uh, like a specific issue example or something where you think they raised a good point that you had a had difficulty addressing? Um, let me see. I don't mean I, to well, put I you on the spot. Would... So if you don't, it's no big deal. I'm just curious what, uh, what they stumped you with. Um, hmm. No, it's not that they're stumping me. It's that they, uh they're very clever so you go like this is kind of ridiculous uh alex jones getting fined a billion dollars uh, and they go well you know in connecticut there's no cap on uh you should know that and if you didn't know that you're stupid well you shouldn't have uh, pissed off someone in connecticut you know they're just, they're, oh so they're, they're smug, smug. but yeah, what is very smug. Well, i mean how does that even uh, address the court just because there's no cap doesn't mean any number is reasonable yeah uh well um they wanted to send a message, I guess. I guess I, I don't. I don't think it's reasonable. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, maybe you could say if it was two hundred million uh, more people. I mean, certainly it sent a chilling effect. A billion dollars. Well, it's interesting because like, it's like uh, people. You would you would take that point either way. Like I would look at that and say, yeah, it sent a message, and that message is going to have the chilling effect that you're talking about. Now they would look at that and say, it sent a message. Good. And right. That that's just that reveals a different value structure when sending a message to stop speech is viewed as a good thing as opposed to a bad one. Yeah. yeah. Do we ever find out if he can file for bankruptcy and pay nothing or if he has to pay out his estate and then he can and then Um, file for bankruptcy? Does anyone know the answer to that? I'm not there yet, but uh, but I'll tell you, I I don't think you can get rid of uh, a judgment that way. Um, Bernie Getz in New York uh, famously was uh, uh, owed money to. to one of the people he shot in, uh, I believe it was self-defense, they ruled. Um, but he, you know, they found that he owed them millions of dollars because one of them was paralyzed and he literally never worked another day in his life. He just like lives in a homeless shelter and feeds squirrels. Interesting. So it's yeah. wage garnishing. So like he could file for bankruptcy, but any any future wages he would have to pay to them. Is that what Alex Jones is going to have to do? 
I, I can't quote me on that, but I think that that's what it is. Now that I'm talking about this, it, I realize how little I understand about what's going to happen here. Exactly. And then you expose you, if you expose an inch of that to to people who think that, you know, coronavirus, um, you know, is uh, an excuse to take away everyone's rights or that, uh, you know, we have to men and women are exactly the same and interchangeable. Um, you know what I mean? If they know more than you about any topic. Uh, they, yeah, but, really... but you're just dealing with the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like you're probably talking to people with like 110 to 120 IQs, which isn't spectacularly high, but they don't have the self-awareness to know what they don't know, like somebody dumber. So like right. you're, you're not dealing with like a, a really impressive amount of raw intelligence here. You're just these people J.O. in front of the mirror and stuff, and they love their own intelligence. This whole thing's I mean, there, there are a lot of Ivy League, like I would say, the Ivy League is eighty-five percent, and these are all people who got like fifteen hundred plus out of sixteen hundred. Yeah, David honestly. Hogg goes to Harvard. It doesn't mean fuck all. Yeah, anymore. well, it doesn't mean anything for David, but uh, yeah. but they 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 have probably out of a class of a thousand people, uh, probably seven hundred and fifty of them are very, very, very smart. Mm, I'm I'm not impressed by any of this. <laughs> if you, if this coronavirus thing, uh, if you fell for it, then how smart could you possibly? Yeah. Be? I, well, okay. So I, I think the only uh, Jonathan Bowden says this, but the the only uh, organized manner of thinking about the world that's presented to anyone ever is is the left wing one. And so if you were intelligent and looking to organize a theory about the world, well, you have you can read Karl Marx, you can read Herbert Marcuse, but you're not given, um, you know. Uh, Jose Jose Antonio Primo de Rivera or blah I can't say Spanish names tonight or you know you're not you're not reading fascist you know you're not reading right wing literature it's not happening yeah so. but many would say that that uh, Socrates Plato and Aristotle are fu fundamentally right wing literature I mean Nietzsche has a lot of, of right wing philosophies I think that um, the the natural world lends towards conservative thought. And understand. So, so Sir Thomas Aquinas also probably right leaning. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I kind of reject that. I mean, who do they have? They have Marx. What, he like fucked his cousin and he had boils all over his dick. It's like uh, that's all you guys have. Marx. Uh, um, I don't know. Foucault. They, they love Foucault. Uh, they're, they're linguist Chomsky. All these Ugh. people. You know, no, the, the mainstream academics today and any professor you're going to be exposed to is going to be left wing. I mean, it, it would be a different thing if there were still stuffy professors of Nietzsche studies that had tweed jackets and patches on their elbows, yeah. like like you might have been exposed to 40 years ago. Yeah, I don't know. That's the education I got. Mm. And I'm not that old. <laughs> All right, we got to let you All go. Right. Thank you so much for calling. That was interesting. Thank you, man. Uh, good luck with your studies. And thanks for yeah, calling thanks. in. Appreciate it. That's the worst kind. Of course, I can't claim to know um, his debate experience, but it sounded to me kind of like the sort of thing where you're really having a debate about principles or broad level concepts and someone wants to get you on some specific detail Something that you don't know that actually yeah. is not of consequence to mm -hmm. the reasoning at stake right. here. Oh, you didn't know that, uh, you know, X, Y and Z, very specific thing that doesn't actually change. Yeah. The debate that you're engaged in, but it just demonstrates I knew a thing that you didn't. I and knew a uh, thing, clearly, yeah. you are not qualified to speak on this matter. I could see that happening in the academic environment. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but it seems like it would be. I've been, you know, speaking of being not that old, I realize I'm now 12 years removed 
from any sort of academic environment like that. So, oh my God, stop. Yeah. Although that's, uh, those are 12 very good years. They would not have been better spent in inside uh, of academia. Oh my God. Let's catch you know, up with... Uh, we've been out of high school for longer now than we were in high school. Is that well, right? Yeah. No, I graduated only, mean, when I was 17. You're only I'm 35. In, you mean your age at when you graduate or you're yeah. in high school for four years? Right. The, yeah. the extent of your life, you know, 17. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I graduated to, at 18 point. and a half, so not quite, but close. Oh, God. Yeah. How did this happen? You get old. It's the natural order of things. <laughs> Let's catch up with some chat uh, before we get back into the calls. GR. I think that's how you say it. Uh, you mixed up season. Oh, sorry, and I skipped Holden Mulray. I'll come right back to that. You mixed up season three and four of Yellowstone. All good. 1883. I can't remember what we said about the season specifically, but uh, T minus about a month until season five starts. And I will be watching. Whatever. I want somebody to bash me over the head. So I forget seeing 1883 so that I can watch it again. It's a shit. Well, you know, they're filming the next uh, prequel 1928 uh, 1930 i don't care though because that smoke show chick and that hot indian guy aren't going to be in it i don't think so but it is being filmed in butte so it's filmed not far from here i'll check that out for sure it was so even, good even though kevin costner told me to vote for uh liz cheney i don't live in wyoming but he says he supports liz cheney holden mulray says matt i tune into your show to hear uh your Ooh, here's some here's some vocabulary words you might have to help me with these Perspe, perspicacity. Yeah, and I don't know what that means. I'm look it up. Scintillating conversation. Yes. Perspicacity, it as well the quality as quality uh, of having a ready insight into things. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, as well as an all too rare soundness on the Constitution. Blonde, I enjoy hearing your blasted two hundred character limit. He was right about to get to it. Damn it. Damn. Uh, thank you, Holden. Long Dong John said, uh, so Ethan Klein, Ethan Klein dropped some hot Ben Shapiro takes that Blonde might like. I hope he doesn't bank with J.P. Morgan Chase. I didn't hear what he said. I have no idea. What is Ethan Klein going to tell me about Ben Shapiro that I don't think is wrong with both of them? <laughs> okay. Uh, You're an asshat. <clears throat> it's. You know, Ethan Klein would be a difficult man to compliment in general. It would be uh, that guy is such an asshole. I used to watch H three H three like all like back in twenty sixteen. I was like, "There's so funny." Hmm. I don't know what happened. Um, Kim says, "Happy belated birthday, Matt." Did you, wait, did your birthday already come and go? Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. I turned. Oh, 35 I didn't tell yesterday. you happy birthday That's yesterday. Right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, thank birthday. you, Kim. Hope you're doing well. Um, Sco one forty four. Uh, a good man though a slave is free, but a wicked man. Though a king is a slave, for a man has as many masters as he has vices. Yeah, Justin. yeah, yeah, and yes. that is important. I mean, you could you could be completely free from government tyranny and yeah. still be a slave to your own vices, and that is important to remember. It's uh, something I hadn't thought about as much in my younger years. Something I think more about in my now older years. But but freedom is discipline, and. Um, without discipline, freedom is of little value. So see, this is what we were talking about with with how how men view freedom differently than women. Hmm. Uh, you don't, as in, what's the female perspective on discipline? How is it? No, the, the the female perspective on freedom is you're free to manage your household. That's your domain. That's yeah. your freedom. But yeah. in order to truly achieve that freedom, 
at least to the common person in modern times, you have to be subjugated to to, to your husband. You have ah. to be. Ah, that it, yeah, so without... a woman's freedom is slavery to to the modern woman. Well, maybe slavery is too strong of a word because you still consent to that arrangement. It's not yeah. like yeah. indentured servitude. Yeah. <laughs> um, Max, the gist is a brief highlight of the ways our society has foregone innately human behaviors in exchange for modernity and comfort. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, on my screen, that one came in after the first one. So oh, that might sorry. be it. Not sure if both of my chats went through last Sunday, but the book I reference is called a tr- is called Tribe, a three hour audible listen. And I'd like to know your thoughts if you're intrigued. The gist is a brief history, ah. uh, a brief highlight. I thought you were talking about what we were just talking about. Of the ways our society has foregone innately human behaviors in exchange for modernity. All right. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. But thank you, Max. God, we really have done that, haven't we? Did I read all these? They come in, in such a weird order. Uh, I just have on one more. Mrs. R. Yukotakihama. Yeah. The the presentation of all intelligent philosophers as left wing is yet another lie by the establishment within academia on par with the lie that my parties switched. So the slave owners weren't left. I'm sure there are some uh, biases uh, in play in deciding which philosophers are taught, which philosophers are valued, all of those sorts of things. So that uh, wouldn't surprise me. Thank you, Mrs. Unpronounceable Japanese sounding name. I appreciate it. All right, let's get back into the uh, into the chat. We'll come back to your uh, or into the calls. Rather, we'll come back to your super chat at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. New Tradis uh, Tradist is up next. Hi. Hello. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, so I got a bunch of options. So um, first one is why should I pay attention to the news? It's a general news question and update mm-hmm. game. Two is how the industrial and sexual revolutions have been a disaster for traditional gender roles. Three is the importance of friendship and why it's the perfect blend ship. Four is how to neg yourself into a job. <laughs> Bill dating theory applied to finding jobs with a bit of a story time. And then five is just shooting the shit, asking me anything. Uh, what was number two? I, I liked that one, but I can't remember now. How, how the industrial and sexual revolutions have inverted traditional gender Yeah, roles. yeah, I, I like that one. All right, go with it. Okay, so there's um there's a, a theory in evolutionary psychology that says that the... Um, Traditional, sorry, the uh, the modern post-industrial world is strangely weird. Weird in the sense that it's like Western, educated, industrialized, et cetera, et cetera. It's like very niched into this particular point in time where we're not where the normal evolutionary psych- evolutionary psychology um, systems are working. Like we're operating this strange pseudo, you know, like artificial world. Um, on a totally different set from what our natural programming would allow us to be. Um, I think this applies generally to how like dating works now, because whereas before you had to be like a, a provider and like, you know, doing all this different stuff to make a good thing. Now it's like, in order to be a provider, you have to be in a desk job being like an office bitch um, yeah. to be able to provide a whole bunch of money to be able to risk your entire life for some sort of, uh, you know, bad contract that puts you in in a shit spot. Yeah. I was thinking about this uh, just yesterday because, um, well, because obviously I have a desk job now and I've had a desk job my entire adult life. And there's something Mm -hmm. that is inherently like just historically, or it's, there's something unmasculine about that. I'm not saying you're not a man. If you have a desk job, I have one. 
and I quite enjoy doing it. That's why I do it. But there's something about being a man that is missing in that arrangement. There's something about sort of challenging yourself physically and the manual labor and all of that that has played out historically. It was Ian Smith tweeted about this, the uh, the big bearded uh, fitness guy in New Jersey. He tweeted this out yesterday and I retweeted it. Similar theme. As a man, the simplest form of personal development is to constantly challenge yourself. Simplified, do hard things. Yeah. And, and I think he's talking about a lot, a lot of physical things there too. Though, of course, mental challenge is important. But to your point, the the physical challenge or the the doing of hard things that he's talking about is a lot more voluntary now than it ever has been. You have to actually seek that out. It's no longer a requirement of survival or a requirement of getting by. And as a consequence, we as men have become so much softer. And I think mm-hmm. being soft physically manifests in a soft mindset too, mm-hmm. where yes. yep. you just you can't not only can you not handle a basic physical challenge you can't handle a basic mental emotional challenge because you're so averse to discomfort. You just can't handle a little bit of discomfort. And so every part of you becomes soft. I don't know if that's what you're getting at, but that's what my mind has been the last couple of days thinking about this specifically. Yeah. And once you, once you experience discomfort, especially in the, you know, the corporate desk job workplace, and I mostly mean the corporate part of it is the way you're supposed to handle conflict is with some weird sort of mask on like layers and layers of masks, how you interact with HR, you know? And so you're supposed to do this like very feminized sort of like, you know, this is what I would feel, you know, I feel messages and like, I don't want to step on any toes here. And that's like the complete opposite of what an actual man would want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're supposed to be able, like uh, blonde, you've brought this up before and I'll challenge you on this. Like, you're supposed to be like this, this big provider guy who's like providing this big salary job But in the current mindset in the current predicament. The way that you do that is become some sort of bug man in a, in a desk job in a corporate environment where you're afraid of stepping on toes and you're always putting on masks. No, no, no. Like, That's not how you provide security to a family. The way you provide security to a family now is to just to be a white hustler. You have to have like your, your fingers <laughs> in all sorts of pies. You got to diversify and then you have to be firearms trained. The, the security <laughs> now is not the same as security of the 1950s. The best thing to do in the 1950s Correct. was to have an office job. That's the best thing you can do to your family. Right now, mm-hmm. um, if my husband has to get the fucking vaccine or whatever, mm-hmm. um, theoretically, not my yeah. husband, but and, uh, and yeah, then yeah. he dies from from it, mm-hmm. I'm fucked. What am I going to yeah. do? You know. Um, so it's it's arguably the least safe thing that you could do for your family. Stability is just a it's a different thing now. Also, earning yeah. potential isn't going to mean fuck if you if um, there's hyperinflation. Like, who cares if your sure. husband's making a billion dollars a year if a loaf of bread costs a billion dollars? <laughs> sure. And one strategy towards hyperinflation is just to to earn the fuck out of your entire existence and try to make as much money as possible. And you do that by climbing the corporate ladder. But while you're climbing the corporate ladder, you're you know entrenching within yourself this desire to always be subservient to some sort of um, HR bullshit of like, you know, wear the mask, take the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do what you're told, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and train yourself to become this, like this bug man. So like, if you're not, this is why we encourage people to go into trade work. And maybe you encourage people to go to trade work, but then you're a blue collar worker in a, in a field of overeducated females that is looking for someone who can provide for them. Um, but but no, no plumbers got, you know, got kicked out of their, plumbing company for not getting the vax or anything like that and then they have like a job where they actually do something like i don't want to marry somebody that, believing like, that most women want to marry plumbers i i would have been so jazzed to marry a plumber i, I yeah i got 
Um, I think eventually this will correct. Like, I don't, I don't think you're way off Neutratist. I think uh, that there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I think that a lot of this is an illusion and will correct itself. And soon many women will be very happy and fortunate <clears throat> to marry plumbers, as is the proper yeah, order yeah. of the world. Women but, don't uh, want to marry a man that's in marketing yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that in particular is, is true. Like, because they, they want someone who's hustling. The white hustler like you know image is someone who's investing in nfts and like doing all this investment work with all these stonks and 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 paper clips and yeah. postage stamps you know they're like trying yeah. to figure out what what other people tend to value and what other people are trying to herd towards in yeah. this sort of post-industrialist weird sort of system yeah um, white hustler. the way I that you would it. actually be a the way that you would actually be a, a masculine man in this society is to reject modernity reject post-modernity reject the box reject all this other stuff and you become this kind of tradesman who's only be only able to be convinced to contribute to the entire system to the extent that it allows him to provide for the tr- the trad wife, you know, dynamic. Yeah. Mm. Like so if think, Ted like, Kaczynski had the done the right reason. thing, that's that's what women want. But I think if I think participation in the current economy could like for me personally, I could only want to participate in the current economy and the current corporate system if I needed to provide for a trad wife, right? Yeah. And so like, there's this total inversion of like, I would only want a mortgage and to pay some, you know, some Jewish banker uh, every year for the rest of my 15, 30 years um, of my, you know, tie myself to some sort of debt slavery in a corporate environment. If some trad woman was to convince me that I needed to provide for our kids. Like the only way that I would do do any of that. What is the other way to do it? Become a plumber. Yeah, there there are lots of ways. Like I, I always hear this from I don't white think men. Putting plumber on my Tinder profile would be the best way to attract females, especially. Yeah, trad but women. but you don't. You're looking for some trad wife. If you have some a truly trad wife, then she doesn't want you to subject yourself to um, all of the issues of, of modernity that we just talked about. Like she would be open with you going your own way. And like I'm always hearing this from white guys. Like this Jordan Peterson thing. Not I'm not not saying <laughs> this is what you're saying, but um. Like, there's no way, like, I, the system has boxed me out. There's no way for me to find, to, to, like, think outside of the box and to, like, make money and, like, I'm never going to find a woman and all this stuff. It's like, listen, I know that conditions are more difficult for men now to find a good woman and to get a good job than historically maybe they ever have been, especially white men. But white men are highly innovative and smart, and they can mm-hmm. find a way out of this. They're just going, they're just up to a greater challenge, okay? You guys just need yeah. to start thinking outside of the box. And like, if you find a good woman, her her sending you to a, a job that is soul crushing every day <laughs> so you can provide a, a life for her, like she's not going to want to see you do that if she's truly trad. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I'm not I'm not trying to bitch about like, oh, it's so hard to find trad women. And that's certainly not my point here. My point is just like the, the mechanisms of postmodern, like post-industrial society pushes men towards being less manly and disincentivizes like the way in which one should live in this context. And the only thing that would bring me towards it would be if I had to, had to provide for a wife and kids because my, my wife, like in this economy, my wife would have to work if I didn't make, like if I stopped being a tradesman, you know, like I'm a tradesman. Now, if I stopped being a tradesman, I could provide for her in the sense, her and the children in the sense that I wouldn't like, she wouldn't have to work. But if I don't stop being a tradesman, she has to work. And that like affects our entire future. Right. Well, I mean, also women need to lower their standard of living. I don't know why everybody thinks having kids is so expensive. It's not. Well, Except you want to have health kids insurance. In house. You want to have. You want to own. You want to own land. You want to do all this different yeah. stuff. In order to do any of that, you have to put down a giant, massive, massive down payment. 
um, if you want to get that down payment, you have to have a good paying job or you have to be at it for years. So not necessarily. You can buy like lots of land in a state nobody wants to live in. Uh, and some of those states are fine, like West Virginia. When you're buying land in particular, you have to do a huge amount of the down payment. It's not just like the 10% that you would have for a regular house. That's true. And it's hard to say like, oh, I own this like bare piece of land to this this woman that's been like, um, you know, she wants to start a family like two years from now, right? And you're just like, oh, I own this barren piece of land and I make, you know, 50000 a year. Like you should totally trust me to, you know, be able to put a port upon on this motherfucker and uh, <laughs> live, live, live in the woods, you know? No, like, but women are going to have, work. they're going to have to lower their standards of living here. Like, like our ancestors did it. They were, they were fine. Everything was fine. Um, and men are going to have to think outside of the box. Like we're going to have to be more adaptable. I can't believe I am saying this, but I'm really sick of hearing everybody bitching about it. <laughs> That's well, the thing. I'm not bitching about this. I'm yeah. just talking about how there's a, there's a, I'm not sure, bitching about the, the impossibility of finding a trad girlfriend. Yeah. No, I know. Um, I know that you're right. Uh, what you're saying that is, is mostly correct. I just, you know, I'm I, talking about the weird, the weird oddities of this current sort of economic system we're in that yeah. participation in it allows for a tradition, uh, quote unquote, traditional family while participation yeah. in it prevents you from being masculine. Like it's, it's yeah. the, the, the incentives are opposite to what nature um and i think that is like that's like quote unquote strangely weird is the term um, yeah particularly weird well that like all of our natural like and you know inborn created sort of instincts towards what we should do to provide for people is in the opposite direction of what it would actually be yeah it's, in other words it's unnatural and as we were saying unnatural yeah. things don't sustain so yeah. i will mm -hmm. I will uh, see you on the other side of the correction, Neutratist. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate the thoughts. I hadn't thought about it in this way and uh, and and how we've kind of defeated uh, traditional manhood, traditional masculinity in a way that, that certainly will have consequences. But uh, to what Blonde was saying, and I, I think you'd probably agree, uh, masculinity is defined by an ability to overcome challenges, by an ability to adapt, yeah. by an ability to make something out of seemingly nothing. And uh, it doesn't mean it's fair, but it does mean it's our job as men to to build those things. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm not saying it's it's unfair. Oh yeah, yeah. Complaining about that. I, I I hadn't thought about uh, I hadn't thought about this uh, conundrum in the way you described it. So I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, pleasure. Have a good night and happy belated birthday, man. Oh, thank you. Cheers. All right, uh, let's get Michigan expat before the top of the hour, Mister Expat. Are you there? Good. Good evening, Christensen Nation. You two doing all right? We are well. Yeah. How are you? Excellent. Uh, not too bad. Let's see here. Okay, so you have a choice uh, tonight. We can either have a nice, uh, lighthearted discussion about Halloween, or if you want more serious topics, we can talk about either coins and currency, mm. or we can talk about the future of YouTube and social media in general. Oh, yeah. I'd go I'm going to stop picking. Or, Your turn. I'd go Halloween or, or currency, actually. Well, well, Halloween, since this won't be relevant for the rest of the year, but uh, okay. So here's a question for you. What is not Halloween, but Halloween? I don't know. What is Halloween? Halla. It's when all the white girls dress up like Kesha and pretend to be gangsta. Ah, Boo. okay. That's uh, yeah. Gwen Stefani. You, it's when you're Gwen Stefani on Halloween. That's that's oh, Hallabackween, that but you know, yes. similar theme. <laughs> Of course, Keshi used to holla too. Or wait, no, but, I uh, just wait. Was Gwen Stefani holla back girl? Oh, just, it was Gwen Stefani. Yes, yeah. she was. Okay, I didn't she mix was, up yeah. my nineties, nineties, two thousands artists. Yeah, but okay. yeah, but Kesha like Kesha liked the holla too. You know, she was a terminator. Yeah, yeah. Too. 
But uh, okay, so now you might remember some time ago, I related a story about having babysat my cousin 10 years younger than me back when I was in high school and you know, somewhere between the ages of 15 and 17, and he was somewhere between the ages of five and seven. Mm-hmm. And this was actually during the Halloween season back then, you know, back when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, he kept talking about the monster in his closet or the monster under his bed. And I just handed him a bunch of tools used in exorcisms, like a crucifix, a garlic, a uh, rosary of garlic cloves, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, someone on Discord heard me talking about that on the show before back then. And, you know, they told me I actually did the right thing. I mean, sure, I was a non, I was nonchalant about, you know, the whole situation, you know, being a disaffected teenager and all. But he told me psychologically on my cousin's end, I let my cousin take control of the situation and face his fear as opposed to, you know, ignoring the situation or downplaying the severity of my cousin's concerns or providing, you know, non-reassuring reassurance. But he tells me by giving my cousin the stuff to throw against the wall or whatever and see that it was just a, you know, shadow or something else being projected on his bedroom wall or whatever, allowed him to, you know, take his, you know, fears into his own hands and see that they were ridiculous firsthand. And maybe yeah. you know, that's something, that's something that a person can really teach themselves. So I don't really know what the point of the story is. You know, I don't know if this is <laughs> this, I thought it was going to be Halloween. It's know. like child development, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like, like you've yeah. misrepresented your story. Yeah. I wanted to, but, I wanted I mean, to hear yeah, some I don't know. Halloween shenanigans, yeah, know. but that's all right. But yeah, it's like, I don't know if this is advice for both of you as parents on how to handle your own children, you know, when they're dealing with their own uh, fears or whatever, but at least makes for a decent story, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't have that full experience yet, obviously, because my son's still too young, but even now mm. that he's climbing on things and he likes to take risks, I will generally let him do that within reason and let him fall a little bit within reason, even when he bumps himself and he, uh. You know, yep. he wants to cry about it um, because I, I want him to and I'm not going to like let him play with knives or something like that, but I'll let him I'll let him try to climb a thing and fall off the thing because I want him, number one, to face those fears that you're talking about, get kind of in that mindset, but also understand that with risk comes consequence. And that needs to be evaluated before the risk is taken. Um, now we're talking about the risk of like climbing on the couch, not uh, right. anything more serious than that. But these are things that I think about even in an early development stage that I want him to understand. And, um, you know, I want Has him to he understand seen any violent content on accident yet. Um, no, not really. Some I like he, I turn on the news in the morning and he'll kind of watch the news with me sometimes, but he doesn't watch a lot of TVs. He'll be out playing in the living room. My wife might have like PBS on or something, but we had an, we had an accident around the house the other day. It was really bad. Uh, he, uh, she watched violent content or what? So I was nursing her to sleep and I was like, all right, I'm going to, she's going to fall asleep. I'm going to put this show, the patient on with Steve Carell Hmm. and it's not super violent. Like, and then out of nowhere came this dream sequence where this guy just gets his head like blown off. It was so gross. Stabbed Ooh. and then his head blown off. Yeah, so graphic. And she was and watching just, it attentively. Damn. No, she was nursing and she was asleep. Oh, okay. Well, that's better. And then <laughs> yeah. just at that moment, just pulls off and looks and sees the entire thing. So, okay. Just, so she did so see that. She saw yeah. that part. Yeah. And then she melts down. She had like a horrible meltdown. Yeah. She's like screaming and crying. And I, this is oh, nothing sure. like this has ever happened before. You know, she's never seen anything like that before. Yeah. I thought I was in the clear. I thought she was asleep. And I had to like, I just spun some crazy narrative about how it's not real. And he had a tomato head and it got too hot <laughs> and it exploded. And, yeah. and then she hasn't spoken of it since. But like, it was, it was really bad. Children yeah. really 
really understand uh, oh, I know. violence and, I, and, and things I've, like that. I've been told, too, that if, my son is not – he's kind of babbling. He's not speaking. But I'm told that they kind of process words and understand things before they speak themselves, which reminds yeah. me that I need to be more careful about certain, you know, no. just certain – Themes of discussion. Uh, Dro- that dropping, dropping, dropping the heavy thing on your toe and cursing out loud, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just, just <laughs> things like that. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, the themes that you're talking about are certainly on my mind as I, I try to decide how I want to, to raise my son. Did you have uh, any other closing thoughts before we let you go? Uh, just know that that's just, you know, I, I want to kind of want to rehash that. Just, uh, you know, kind of finish that whole story. And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's all I really got for you tonight. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Good and have job. a have a happy Halloween. <laughs> you too. See you next time. Holla. Bye. I have a, a Halloween question or story. I may have told this on the stream before, but uh, do you guys do trick or treating? Do you answer the door and the whole bit? Yeah, I really hate it though. Hmm. I I don't like it at all, but my wife is really into it, so we do. Um. And, but this was before I met my wife a few years ago, I did it alone. Uh, there was like a football game on that night or something. So I was already in the living room watching the Vikings game. I think it was, I think it was a Monday night game a few years ago. And so I was answering the door, giving kids candy. Cause I was already there. I might as well give them the candy. Uh, and some woman came with her daughter and she told me that her daughter was having a bathroom emergency and needed to use my bathroom. Nope, no deal. Get out of here. And I was like, well, who the hell am I to say no to a five-year-old girl? Okay. But then she came in and there wasn't any kind of bathroom mess or anything. That's not where this is going. But the little girl was in the bathroom for an uncomfortably long amount of time. And the mom just helped herself to sitting on my couch and like petting my dog and all this stuff. And I'm watching football. It had to be like 10 minutes. It was really weird. Oh my God. And she was trying to be all conversational and stuff. And I'm thinking, go wipe that baby's ass and get the hell out of my house. I don't know who you are. But then it got that just like, and then I thought afterwards and I've thought about it. This is a few years ago. Should you ever let a trick or treater into your home like that? Was that a mistake? Should I not have done like, well, you were a single man. It was just me. I didn't have kids. I think that's fine because you would be able to, um, like punch the mom in the face and then drown the kid in the toilet. If you had, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but if your wife and kid were at home, I probably, I don't think I'd do that. Well, and the the bizarre thing about it is I'm thinking, okay, your daughter looks like she's about five. Where do you live? Because if I took, I don't think we're going to take my son trick or treating this year. He's too young. He he can't walk. We'd have to take him in the stroller or carry him, whatever. But in the coming years, if we're still living in this home, I'm going to take him all of a quarter mile away from the house. I'm not. Where do you, where is your toilet? Why are you so far away from your toilet? Why are you here? I have no idea. And maybe I'm wrong. If people can tell me, no, no, I've had an emergency and I've had to use someone else's bathroom on Halloween. I don't know. Did they look like standard white people? (laughs) I I don't remember. Did she look methy or anything I don't remember their, I I suppose they were of pale complexion. I don't, I don't remember the, and they uh, had all their teeth and stuff. It's probably, she didn't, I don't remember thinking she looked bizarre, but I don't, it was just a weird experience. Cause that is a good way to like steal medication from people. Maybe, maybe that's what they were trying to do, but she just sat on my couch. It's not like she was trying to, but the daughter was old enough to do that for the mom. Well, maybe 
I suppose get access to the bathroom. Probably like this show only has Advil. It did take a weirdly long amount of time. I don't have prescription medication and you'll be shocked to learn I am not a drug abuser. So there really was nothing to harvest. I do find that shocking. You really seem like you're addicted to uppers and downers. So maybe that is it. Maybe, maybe there was some sort of scheme going on like that. Notably too. And I'm not saying that that, well, I don't, there was no father. There was no dad. There It was just the mom. I didn't ask like, where's dad, but it was just mom and just the daughter. I don't know. We're too, maybe we're, we're just too cynical. And like, maybe she just ate too much candy and like had to take a world-class shit, which I can totally sympathize with uh, whenever we're, <laughs> cause that happened to me last night. Well, so, sure. You're out <laughs> in the town, your baby, your kid, whatever has a, yeah. a, a diaper emergency and you got to solve that. But even if I was in that spot again, I wouldn't be so far away from home that I couldn't just go home. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I can't imagine a situation in which I'd ring someone else's doorbell and say, can I please use your bathroom? Even if he had shit just dripping down his legs or something. I would I'd, not. I would just go home. Yeah. I'd be like, crap anyway. your pants or we're, we're so going to go. Home. I know that also had nothing to do with Halloween or anything that we were really talking about. But it I just did have something I, to do with Halloween. Yeah, barely. Great story. And parenting. Compelling. And, and child rich. development. I think it was an excellent tie-in. Well, thanks. Uh, <gasps> we, we're due to catch up with some uh, chat here. And then we'll get right back into the calls. I uh, I apologize for not being as time efficient this evening. Snowing Wine Drops says, uh, late to the show and the party, wishing Matt and his wife a happy anniversary, October 17th. That's correct. I forgot about that too. <laughs> the great thing is I'll never forget my anniversary because it's the day before my birthday. So Monday was the That's anniversary. Tuesday was, the, uh, was my birthday. It actually just worked out that way. We didn't plan it that way. It's the venue that we wanted and that was the date that they had. And I thought, cool. Oh God, I wish we put our anniversary, we forget our anniversary every year. <laughs> every year. Uh, I just had my own wedding September 24th, 2022. Well, congratulations. That is excellent. All the best to you and your, uh, your lovely wife. I assume all those snowing wine drops could be, I don't know, to your lovely spouse. Metal rules. V says, uh, I just witnessed a hobo panhandling off another hobo. Got to love Los Angeles. Well, that's better than murdering, uh, murdering another hobo to get his hobo stash. I saw a video out of uh, Los Angeles, uh, Homeless encampment was a few months ago, but there was some kind of hobo fight and one hobo got an AK out of his tent and started shooting. (laughs) I don't know if he killed the other hobo, but AK equipped hobo tents. It's getting it's getting rough out there. Yeah, that's one way to take care of the homeless problem. Maybe we need to be arming homeless people and then get like have a big hobo war and they'll just take each other out until they're all. That sounds like a job for the ATF. Maybe we could keep them around anyway. Yeah. Bison American Club says I can eat your taco. All right. Uh, 2AEDU says, you guys are awesome. This is the most underrated and shadow wiki band channel on YouTube. Well, nobody knows how Susan truly operates, as I'm sure you can uh, understand as well, Mr. Uh, 2AEDU. Um, He also says, one more since I haven't caught uh, a a show live lately. I will also give you a shout out on Friday night. Well, thank you. Uh, I hope your channel is going uh, well. Uh, As we mentioned, um, if you would like to check out some Second Amendment content within uh, our little community, 2AEDU is a a great spot to do that. He's still doing streams on Friday nights, I believe, as the chat says. So so thank you, man. I hope you're doing well. And we will come back to your chats uh, at the end of the show. Appreciate it, guys. And then we'll get right back into the calls. I should check it. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. D live looks good too. So thank you guys over on D live. Okay. Uh, mall. 
I'll try to move a little more quickly here. Uh, Maul, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. What's on your mind? Oh, great. Uh, a few things are on my mind. I The whole, the, the midterms are coming up, and I am still thinking whether I should even bother with the midterms at this point. Wait, what? are you the one with the crazy girlfriend story? No, I'm the I'm the gay black man. Oh no, never mind. Okay. Yeah. What uh, used our black audience members? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> what uh, What state are you in? Texas. Okay, so oh, no. Uh, are you in a contested congressional district? Is there any? Is there any? Uh, uh, well, I've recently moved, and where I'm at is pretty. I don't know if they Jerry. I don't know if they gerrymandered it to basically be a part of Colin Allred's district or not, hmm. but I'm not sure. I, I think I'm in the district. I, mean, I think I'm in a red district. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But, okay. Um, so your judgment is not based on uh, the, the candidates or anything. It's just the principle in general. Should I vote or not? Yeah, basically because I'm at the, at the point, like uh, when I heard Tulsa Gabbard leaving the, the Democratic Party, I was just like, about damn time. You should have fucking done that back in 2020 but sure the better late than never but i can't decide whether to trust her or not who Tulsi I, Gabbard. Uh, oh yeah I, probably not i will go as far as to say yes with some caveats because i still requested her about her stance on two-way yeah. well now she's she's posting herself uh you know doing some training at a gun range recently and talking about the importance of the second amendment and notably i believe in that video she had an ar if i remember correctly maybe i'm yeah maybe i'm mistaking yeah. it but yeah but like i am but uh, one thing is for certain I, whether I vote in these midterms or not, which I probably will, I probably might do it, but I'm probably not going to just go straight Republican because f- screw the Democrats. I've never voted for their asses ever again. Yeah. But um, I do believe that, man, this is going to be such, it's, it's going to be so great. I'm going to definitely be watching. Oh, either way, gonna it's going to be amazing entertainment. It, it's, uh, I should have I cannot wait for them to for uh, for the copium to come out from well, the Democrats, or may, might prepare your own copium because I'm not counting out the possibility that this is fortified and they laugh in our faces. Yeah. And um, I mean, a soft announcement. Normally, I don't do or we don't do election night streams. This year, I've decided to do an election night stream, so we ooh. will be live on uh, November eighth for a couple hours. I assume starting at. Uh, at uh, nine Eastern taking calls and monitoring uh, uh, the results coming in. But that's, that's the reason I want to is because of what you're talking on paper. It should be a 2016 style enjoyment of the tears flowing. But with, uh, with my memory fresh off of 2020, I, I won't be shocked if there's some sort of rabbit out of the hat outcome for Democrats that we're supposed to believe is legitimate. I'll be honest. At this point, you, at this point, I'm just like, if you, I'm, I'm a kind of like really just done with the whole, uh, unless you're fraud narrative to stuff. Cause I was just like, look forward to pick, it's like, move on, just go ahead and just go in and take back the house of Senate and then take back the presidency. At this point, 
And if they do have some shenanigans, overcome those shenanigans at this point. Well, it because sounds like you're convinced it, that you're going to vote then. What's the doubt might, for you? Yeah. Huh? It, what's the doubt uh, for you? The doubt? Yeah. Like, 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 what's what's my doubt for like as to why I'm why I probably won't vote? Yeah, why? What would be your reasoning not to? Because of the because the Republicans because unless there's more of the America First Republicans like mm. the I am not convinced the Republicans are just are going to just be chicken shit again. Oh, they will. <laughs> they they absolutely. Yeah, will. that's yeah. that's the that's the whole thing. I'm just I'm quite tired of the Republicans being chicken shit. Yeah, there were. Uh, it's frustrating to to view the value as uh, a, a, you know was uh, what's the Tim Pool because, quote or whoever said the speed bump for Democrats. At this point, yeah, I'll take the speed bump for Democrats. But can we get some? Can we someday get some uh, affirmatively Couch good up. policy? Could we someday yeah. start dismantling like, the? Uh, on the defense, they play defense, and they always end up losing in the end. They're losing something in the end trying yeah. to re- negotiate with the, Repo- with the Democrats. I'm yeah. just like, have some damn spine and actually just actually has to push back. The whole thing, because uh, I saw him, uh, Rick Santorum on 10 Full Street, and he says, and he was like, well, we have to be principled and everything. And I'm just like, you're going to lose if you're just going to be. <laughs> They're not going to because the Democrats aren't principled well, at all. Hold on. I won't have dirty. Rick Santorum and principles defamed <laughs> on my stream. You've gone too far now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry but like I, yeah. Rick, Rick Santorum is, uh, I understand where he's coming from. It's like, don't, don't, um, what's it called? Um, don't go, don't go, don't stoop to their level. But it's just like at this point, you're playing Monopoly, there's you obviously see them cheating and yeah. you call them out and it's like okay and you want to still want to play that's like yeah, okay exactly. I yeah. Guess. yeah that's that that's the that's the, that's where I, that's where i'm at with the republicans like right. you're gonna sit here you see here see them cheating and you just see in in monopoly i'm not gonna say that but, thank you for you keeping me safe from it. susan yeah so yeah i'm not gonna yeah so Lord, the the sorrow the eye of Siren, right has not it's not oh don't get me started on that show but anyway i mean, I kept you long enough because i don't want you to keep you going i want to get more callers in here all right well yeah, thank you for the call it. and uh and um all the best with your voting decision yep thanks man yeah, thank you can i uh speaking of we've had the theme of vices come up tonight can i make a confession of vice you're addicted to gay pornography. Well, yeah, we'll get to, we'll cross that bridge uh, eventually. But I uh, I voted today. I did. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, I would expect nothing less. Uh, I sat down. Although you will be proud, uh, my wife insists that I fill out her ballot for her. So I voted for both of us. Great, that's yeah. great. She knows I'll nothing about what the votes were. Doesn't care. I mean, she does care, but, you know, she she would prefer that I. It's a good woman. Yeah. Yeah. Every woman should do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad I passed the test, even though I cocked and voted. But. Well, it's it's kind of a low effort way to feel like you're participating in your community or something, I guess. Yeah, there are uh, there are certainly some uh, there's a couple Supreme Court uh 
we we elect our Supreme Court here in Montana. Not every state does that, but we elect ours. And there are some real lunatics on our state Supreme Court, unfortunately. Got to get those off. Yeah. And uh, some other races of local and state consequence. But anyway, uh, no, I'm sure nobody cares about Montana state politics. So let's talk to Tom D. Tom. Greetings. Greetings. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, you guys were uh, talking earlier about uh, how long it's been since you uh, got out of high school. Mm. Uh, we just, uh, I just got together with seven of my, well, it was, I was the seventh. There were six other people from my class, and we went looking for venues for our 50th, and, uh, 50th reunion, high school reunion. Wow, congrats. Oh, my God. So you're, <laughs> you're 68? I'm 67. Some of the, I'm sure some of the people in the class are 68. It doesn't I was, even seem that old now. I know, I know, I know. And I was looking at these people, and I was like, I'm expecting them to be, you know, uh, all decrepit and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, we all look pretty good. We're, you know, we were, yeah. already, we were chatting. We had a good time. Some of the ones that are dead. Well, I, I don't know how Jeez. bad they look. They're probably pretty wrinkled <laughs> and stuff. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was funny because uh, I, I look forward to this reunion. Even though I was, I was never a joiner. I was sort of a loner in high school. But just seeing these, just seeing these people, it's nice to nice to chat with them because we yeah. have stuff in common. We, you know, we have that background. Those That's those true, four yeah. years that we spent together, even though we weren't socializing together, we. Uh, we had the same experiences. Uh, it was fun. Did you go to your high school reunion? I did go to my tenure in 2016. Yeah. I didn't get invited to mine. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> you know didn't. whose fault that is? It's Daniel Hill at the Riverfront Times. <laughs> he got you uninvited. Oh my gosh. Would that have been the tenure? Uh, yes. I think that was a little after, wasn't it? It wasn't that like 2017? No, it was 2016 when that happened. Oh, well, maybe he did. Seriously. <laughs> did you graduate high school in the St. Louis area? Is that? Yeah. Oh, because this. this might act. I was joking, but that might have really happened. <laughs> no, wow. I think I graduated a year early and I think it probably confused the um, organizers. Oh, were you done in 2005 or 2006? I, I was class of 2006, but I, I was so I pissed people off so much that I just graduated a year early. Oh, I thought you were going to see you were such an achiever. It's just <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to get to heavy drinking in college. That's really what it was. about. They said you're such a problem. Get the hell out of here. And here's your degree. No, 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 no. I was like, I hate being in high school. I yeah. hate this. Um, I had really made a, a lot of poor decisions in high school. I had gone from very popular to very unpopular in like a six months or something like that. And I just hated being in high school. So like I went to my counselor and I'd taken all these AP classes. I'm like, can I graduate now? And she's like, yeah. Okay. Wow. I had to take like one online gym class and then I just went to college. Online gym class. What the hell is that? I know. How do they even know if you worked out or not? They don't. It was like about the physical part of physical education. You didn't actually have to do anything. Ah, well, anyway, uh, back to Tom. Sorry to uh, take no, no, you down no, no, an no irrelevant path. I guess not irrelevant, so, so, but a tangent. Totally irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you hepcats and, and cool chicks can help me uh, help me understand. I, I know based means is a good thing, but what what's different between based and, and like just good? Ah, well, my understanding of the term uh, is that based is taking a good position against 
pushback or against flack. Like it's taking a position that is not necessarily popular, but is correct. Or you're shaking your head like I have a misunderstanding. Is that not? No, I mean, I I think technically you're right. But 90% of the connotation, 90% plus, I hear it's people uh, taking a position on race. It's a a race thing. That would fit that. Yeah, that would fit that kind of... uh, but it, okay, that was a fine definition. I'm fine with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that, that, all right. So it's, it's more of a, a principle thing. It's not just yeah. necessarily having Although, the right opinion. When I use it, I mean, other people. Admittedly, when I use it, most often I'm being sort of tongue in cheek or tongue sarcastic as opposed to completely sincere. Like whenever there's something that is like kind of an obviously silly take with maybe a kernel of truth to it, I Based. might say it just to. Dress it it, up it a means like based in reality. That's that's what people are. Ah, I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So so if you're not far right, but you're right, what's the difference between far right and right? <laughs> you got to ask the journalists that question. I have no, yeah. I have <laughs> no knowledge of what they're far right. It's yeah. Never right. You know. Yeah. Well, I have no idea. To the left or to people on the right? Because I think those are t- totally different answers. Well, yeah, I guess you're right because nobody, uh, nobody on the right t- talks about far right. They just talk about the way they are. Well, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is the same to the to leftists and to people on the right. When I think about people that are far right, I'm talking about people that are discussing taboo subjects. When I'm talking about people on the right, they're typically um, worthless constitutional conservatives. You know, your Bonginos, your Levines, your Hannitys, your Mees. No, you're coming along nicely. I, I, uh, I've got some hope for you. But constitutional conservatism. I don't know if I embrace that title or not, but but well, we don't need to rehash a whole debate on the value of the Constitution's values. But I don't know. I think that your your political progression, it's it's been a genesis and I think you'll, it'll continue. To, hey, I'm open to catapulting to cyclists. That's a new development. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I, I We'll see when, with the next election. I think it's just going to tear your heart out and then uh, you're going to be as black pilled as I am. Oh, if it uh, again, if the if the if it's a fortified midterm, I I yeah, that that's also why I want to be live that night. This might be a formative moment in my personal politics where I will just laugh into the black pill or the clown pill or whatever pill. Some pill will be taken on the stream that night if it goes yep. if it goes any crazy direction. Uh, Tom, did you have more to add? Just just one more. Uh, how sure. many how many folks are on the, the movie list? The movie review list. I haven't looked recently, and actually, uh, the management of the list and the selection of the nominators has been uh, taken over by our friendly production assistant, Dangerous Spaces. So I have, um, I've removed myself from the day to day or week to week management of it. But last I looked, maybe a month ago, there was probably like twelve hundred or so. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> so it, it's low probability to get selected, but it's certainly better than the lottery or other uh, <laughs> games of chance. Uh, okay. I, I just got some some old timey uh, some classics and stuff that that blonde was was uh, bemoaning. Oh, good. You know, but hey, I don't want to put any. Pro- well, we're not talking to Dun- Dangerous Spaces right now, anyway, so he's not going to hear this part. So, well, if you want to fortify, I guess you have to bribe him. That's the way. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the way it's going to okay, have to happen. Well, hey, thanks, thanks for taking time to talk to me. Yeah, thanks, man.
Always we're gonna... pleasure. Okay. Let's talk to Gilgamesh. Maybe we can get one or two more before the bottom oh, of the hour here. Mr. Hey. Gilgamesh, what's on your mind? Oh, I wanted to um, say this. Alex Jones is going to be fine. He's going to win on appeal. Uh, why do you think I that? I doubt it. Oh, yeah. No, he, especially that Connecticut one, that, that is so ridiculous. It will, and Robert Barnes has said this, he will win these on appeal, and he gets to appeal every one of those lawsuits, especially in Texas and stuff. And the Texas Supreme Court doesn't like those when you try to throw those huge amounts. You know, he's going to be fine. I mean, well, the, the huge amount was Connecticut, though. The Texas one I was know. like $50 million. But here's the thing. He can take it all the way to the Supreme Court, and they've already taken on a case similar to this, where they said opinion cannot is not actionable. Well, so what I'm, Alex Jones said is his opinion, but it's not. You can't sue somebody for their opinion. He never got a fair trial with any of it. You can go and watch Robert Barnes has talked about this. He he and Viva Var Viva Fry talked about this. Yeah, that in his trials they basically said, oh, "We're doing summary judgment. You don't get to defend yourself. If you try to defend yourself, or you know anything, we'll lock you up." That's exactly what the judge said in Connecticut. Well, yeah, he wasn't allowed to. His guilt had already been established by the default judgment. So in terms of, uh, yeah, but in terms of his ability to to defend his innocence at the uh, the damages phase or whatever the proper term is, the the phase of the trial for assessing what he owes, uh, he was not allowed to argue for his innocence because his guilt had been established by the the default judgment. Yeah. You know who got most of the money in the Connecticut one? Who gets the biggest sum of money? That I don't. Fed. Oh, the <laughs> FBI guy does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, because he, he, what he said about the, you know, what, how he accused the FBI of, you know, and. Well, wait a minute. So, uh, do you know? And I'm a little bit cautious talking about this because, as I've mentioned, I have no. not followed every specific fact. But yeah, as, you can but as far as this FBI guy yeah. getting defamed. What did he say? Did he just talk about the FBI in general, or did he say yeah, something about yes, that FBI, FBI guy specifically? Was, no, no. He just said he he talked about how the FBI was involved in what happened at Sandy Hook. Yeah. And also, he never mentioned any of the parents by name. He never defamed any. Oh, of I and I've heard the, that, and I I keep yeah. looking for a specific reference because. I'm not trying to trash the whole defamation standard. I agree that if he said this specific parent is a crisis actor and is a liar, that there's some defamatory uh, implication there. But, but I haven't seen a statement. Yeah. I haven't seen a statement where he said something specific like that. But here's the thing. Most of the families actually came out and defended Alex Jones and said, he never said anything about us. He never said, we don't, we're not harmed by These are just a few of the families that decided to sue and most of the families actually defended Alex Jones and said he didn't say anything wrong. They weren't hurt by what he said because he wasn't, he didn't call it a hoax. Other people called in and asked if it was a hoax because of the fact they weren't shown the footage of him going mm-hmm. into school and everything. But he said, what Alex Jones said in one show was he believes that this could have been the government, you, you know, because of what Obama did afterwards. He said, it's possible government use this as a false flag to, to go about taking away your guns, which essentially proved that sort of was true because when Obama did that whole thing with the parents in there and he said, I'm, I want to push, literally said, I'm going to stand on these kids' graves now to push the government to pass legislation to take guns away yeah. from people. He literally did that. 
I saw it. You're recovering okay? Oh, yeah. It's oh, I forgot I about this. Yeah. Is the surgery over? Did. Yeah. I'm at full. So, uh, it, so it went well, though. Stomach. They made a smaller stomach, and the rest of the stomach's still in there, but they, they do these little incisions in the belly area, so it's really painful. They, it hurts, like, when I cough and everything. Not the stomach area, just the uh, stomach area, you know, the abdomen. And when I cough, which does happen... And I can't eat anything. I can only oh. have protein shakes, water for two weeks. Wow. But then when I the third phase, I can have anything as long as it's the consistency of cottage cheese. So I have to blend everything. All right. Oh yeah, well, this God's, goes on for yeah. We we gotta let you go, but Godspeed yeah. in the in the journey. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be fine. All right, and thank you. You guys are gonna be fine too. Thank you, man. And Appreciate it. Thanks for calling, Gilgamesh. Get these jackets out of Washington. Let's well, replace our government with better people. Uh, good good yeah. luck, but uh, I will uh, we'll find out if yeah. there's well, an electoral path to that in a few weeks and uh, what the other yeah. options are. You're going to yep. enjoy Weekend at Bernie's. Okay, we'll see. Far we'll better see. choice than that stupid broke back mountain. All right, well, th- thank you for <laughs> calling yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Have a great night. Thanks. I will Bye. eat your ass. We'll see if Alex Jones uh, does have a path to appeal or not. I can't remember if I mentioned this on air. Um, or maybe did I just mention that privately with you? But Brokeback Mountain, the prospect of reviewing it was a real conundrum for me, a real predicament, because I didn't know if I was going to do it seriously or if I was going to do it as a joke. Now I'm relieved. Yeah. yeah. I did watch I Weekend at Bernie's relieved. today. I will did withhold you? any opinion making until Sunday. But uh, I did see it today. Obviously, now I understand why. Now I understand all the memes with holding up Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dead body and things like that. But uh, I've never seen it, but I I figured it out. Uh, the memes. Yeah, they, it's not too difficult. Uh, somebody is dead and is being uh, portrayed as alive. Yes. My shitbag brother is always poisoning my view of these movies before I watch them. He's so excited all the time. What's your movie for this week? Ah. And today I was like weekend at Bernie's. He goes, oh, that movie sucks my balls. <laughs> God, shut up. Let me watch it first before you influence me. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, we're at the bottom of the hour. Let's take one more quick call because we do have a, a good amount of email questions, but I'll give Gaylord. Half those st- questions came from one person. Oof, someone's getting greedy. Well, uh, no, I, I was able to figure out who they were and I, I will answer one of their questions. Uh, Gaylord, you get last word, Mr. Steambath. Nice. <laughs> what, what's uh, going on? Okay, so um, I know you guys um, have mentioned a couple times, um, well, Blonde in particular, about how um, how men feel about taking in someone else's kid when they're marrying into uh, marrying a woman. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> well, I just want to like give a little bit of my perspective, not as like a father or something or someone who's married to someone with that sort of thing, but as, uh, whose parents, uh, kind of had that similar situation when, uh, they got together. Were you the son taken in or was it a sibling of yours? It's a sibling of mine, my uh, older sister. She is my half sister. She is my, uh, she, and we share uh, a mother. So she's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. Yes. And the really, um, and I kind of asked my, both my parents, these questions, really the question was like, how did my father, uh, reacted to having to take into a, uh, 
on someone else's child. Uh, and at the time, I asked both my parents uh, well, separately to see what their answers were. And they both pretty much answered to, um, they both answered like, you know, uh, my dad knew that he was, that when he was going to marry my mom, that it was going to be a package deal and that he was going to raise up his child. And he, you know, wasn't really too bothered by it. And I think it's actually, I think it's like a combination of two things. One, um, my sister at the time when they got married was around like one years old one year old and so um you know when my sister was growing up uh my dad was the only dad that she ever knew pretty much what and uh, i don't think she ever can i ask what the circumstances for her father were why was he absent oh uh actually i didn't i don't know that answer uh, huh. all i know is he, he was basically just completely absent he uh interesting you know, he never got with told my, you he got with um well I'm sure my sister knew about it like when she was became a teenager at some point I honestly don't know I kind of knew about it probably good to tell them nothing I I don't know what what really do you need to tell the kids I don't don't know know how that's gonna go about I don't think so actually uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry for uh, diverting you a little bit here but I'm I'm just curious about how this was handled too did they uh, did your parents tell your sister right away or did they raise her to believe that your dad was her biological father for a while for the most part i well so i don't know for sure i ha- i've yet to actually ask my sister what her experience is and ah, stuff okay. so so far i've just really asked about like the question i've been asking my parents um what was it like for my dad mm-hmm. to raise someone else's child that mm-hmm. was really the meat of the question uh, every some details like that, I I've yet to figure out myself. I'll just have to. Ask. Oh, I lost my him. sister. Oh, there um, we go. I'm sure she knew. I. Uh, Sorry, we just lost you okay? for a second, but yeah, you're good. Okay, yeah. So my um, so yeah, I'll ask my sister about that and uh, on some some of those details. But for now, I know um, like my sister grew up for most of her life up until I guess her teenage years that uh, my dad was her dad up until you know she found out the truth and the other half of that uh, the other thing that kind of made things kind of work out that way was that you know as I said the father the real father was completely absent mm-hmm. he didn't show up for as m- I, as far as I know he never really showed his face to my sister or to uh, my mother interesting yeah so um you know and i kind of thought about it myself like uh how i would react if i were the one to um take in someone's child and i guess under those circumstances those kind of might work out you know if the child is young enough to kind of grow up to for me to be her father and as long as the uh as long as the uh real father is completely uh out of the picture so that's a that's a you know and that's risky too because just because he's out of the picture when the child is young out of the picture for the moment when you make the commitment to do that to to when you make the commitment to that marriage and to raise that child that guy could show up anytime and and he could show up very angry anytime he could show up very crazy anytime and 
Yeah. Uh, not, and I appreciate your willingness to talk about this because um, well, a lot of the time I think people just get, I don't know, uh, maybe upset by personal circumstance or something as though um, I or we are trying to say that you can never do this. It should never be done. And it's bad if it happens. No, it's just that there are a lot of risks to it. And certainly yeah. what, you know, it sounds like what happened for you and for your family is, is um, better than the alternative of um, your mom trying to raise your sister alone or, you know, whatever the situation would have been. Um, yeah. But that, but man, I wonder how common it is for the guy to disappear in the way that you're talking about. Like you've never heard from Maybe him Maybe your mom and your dad murdered him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry, you cut out for a second. What did you say? <laughs> I can't repeat that. I said maybe they murdered him. Yeah. And that's why, that's why yeah, they that, know that, that he's not going to be a problem. Well, it's a good thing that my dad is, uh, he's a big 2A guy. So, you know, well, in case he did ever show up. That's mandatory know, for that circumstance. To... If you're going to do it, that is mandatory yeah, skill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's that's really just my little perspective. I understand there's like some, there should be a sense of hesitation to getting in that, to, you know, taking in someone else's child. But, yeah. you know, I... Uh, from my experience, um, I can't really imagine uh, my life without my sister. I really yeah. love her dearly. Well, it worked out for you. You can't really imagine yeah, your totally. life without this circumstance. So it certainly, yeah, it certainly worked exactly. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing it. I appreciate it. Uh, did you have any uh, closing yeah. thoughts before we let you go? Um, mm, no, not really. All right. Um, well, thanks, thanks for calling in, guys. man. Appreciate it. All the best to you and your family. Have a good night. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, that will do it on calls tonight. Appreciate all our callers. And if you didn't make it in this evening, thank you for your patience as well. Uh, if you would like to participate in the show, but you can't participate live or you're having trouble participating live, of course, send us a call-in show question. And you get one per week. Don't be a sneaky, greedy person. Head on over yeah, to the contact. Really hard to figure out. They were they used different names and things they try to trick yeah, you but their syntax was the same so some people might have gotten missed this week but i wasn't going to read 40 questions Wait, you're inferring this from syntax was but it? it was like the type of the name and then they were all sent within like a seven minute period okay that's a pretty good indicator yeah yeah all right um also really disparaging to my mother well then you're out <laughs> i'm gonna read some contacts page of the website if you want to send in a question uh, slash contact look for the call in show question form first up is cheesemaker hi fags do either of you think that spanking a child is ever an acceptable form of punishment why or why not oh man you got 20 minutes yeah i mean it's something that um i'm struggling like before emmeline became a toddler i was like i don't know anybody could ever hit their child and now like there have been times where it takes every fiber of my being not to choke her to death because she's so obnoxious, like <laughs> jamming things into my eyeballs when I'm sleeping and stuff. You know, like, yeah. I understand now uh, parents being pushed to the edge. I am practicing peaceful parenting. I have never spanked Emmeline. However, here are some instances where I would consider it if she ran into the street mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, if I ever do end up spanking her, which I don't think I'm going to do, I think it's really important to not do it when you're angry or out of anger, um, to not use an implement. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I generally know, generally know. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with that answer. Well, I'm, I'm surprised you've kind of come around on this because um, 
because yeah, there, and there's a lot of opposition in the audience too, as we've discussed previously. I obviously have never spanked my son. He's he's not old enough to be spanked. Um, if you're going to do it, and of course, I hope I never have to, but I also would not say that it is never appropriate or applicable. I don't there, think it works, though. That's the other thing. Well, I, I I don't have the personal experience, but I will say that there are some lessons that are absolutely crucial for my son to learn for his own safety and prosperity. And if he doesn't, I need a lot of options at my uh, disposal to make sure that he learns those lessons. I hope I don't have to use that sort of punishment. However, um, a a few notes of the philosophy on the philosophy of this to me, fundamentally as his father and God willing more children after that, it is my job to make sure that he and those children can go out into the world and navigate it successfully. And if I teach him that he can act like a jackass and get away with it, that means he's going to go out into the world and someone else is going to kick his ass. Now I'm not saying that I want to kick my son's ass. I don't. But I want him to understand that a certain baseline level of respect is necessary so that you don't get your ass kicked out there. If he goes out into the world and acts like a jackass and gets his ass kicked, I've failed as a father. I will not allow that to happen. I understand the principle against violence in general. And and I agree with your point that if it's going to be deployed, it's got to be for specific reasons, not done out of anger and in a way that the child can understand because it's the lesson that's key. I don't want my son just to be hurt and not understanding why. My whole point here is that he understands very crucial concepts and I have to have tools at my disposal to do that. But to the to the opposition to violence in general, I'm not saying that it's that these people are crazy to think that, but why I don't necessarily find that argument persuasive in the parenting context, you know, people would say, well, would you, would you go out and hit someone on the street or would you do this to anybody else? Well, no, of course not. But I also wouldn't go out on the street and put someone out there in a timeout. I wouldn't lock them in their room as punishment. I wouldn't do all sorts of things to other people who aren't my children because the nature of the parent child relationship is fundamentally different. And I, I want to be as restrained in my disciplinary methods as possible. But, but the, the fundamental principle that guides me on this is again, if, if I fail in teaching him how to act, how to act out there in the, in the world, um, I'm not willing to face that. If I have to be a little tougher as a dad to make sure that he doesn't act like a complete jackass out there, I would rather err on that side than not teaching him lessons here in the controlled environment of my home where I, I have control over those lessons. I know that he's not going to get like killed by somebody for being an idiot in this house, something like, so that's kind of my thinking. And again, that could change because I've never deployed any of this. I've never, my son's not in a, he's just now getting concepts of, Hey, don't do that. Don't go digging in there. Don't go. (laughs) That thing's too tall to climb. Don't do that. We're not in the like mischief phase and we're certainly not in the run out in the street phase, but I agree. I like the example that you gave. If you're too relaxed with the discipline of your child, and your child runs out in the street and gets hit by a car, metaphorically or literally, well, then you failed. You have failed as a parent if you've not taught those lessons of danger to your child. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I'm not there. I'm going to try my darndest to never employ it in my own parenting. I Um, hope so. Uh, My parents 
my parents, uh, as far as I'm aware, I think my mom said she spanked me like once or twice. One time I unbuckled, I kept unbuckling my brother in the car. You know, it's that sort yeah. of thing where like I can't be in the back of the car unbuckling my brother, yeah. little brother's seatbelt. Yeah. So I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that I'm, at least according to my parents, I was a pretty well behaved child. I hope that my son is well behaved. And I don't have to that my that my words will be sufficient that he'll understand. But I also know that like I'm not going to be able to sit down and have a, a philosophical discussion with a two or a three year old to explain to him the value of certain behaviors and the dangers of other behaviors. He, that's not, he's not going to come to yeah. these philosophical realizations. He needs to know you cannot do this period. Yeah. And I have to have tools at my disposal to make sure he understands that. All right. Moist cake. How do you think our society would look if we actually punish criminals for their crimes accordingly, including hmm. punishments like the death penalty? Um, I assume that you're talking about drug related crimes. Uh, well, this is kind of like the spanking thing. I don't know that the threat of incarceration is really what is controlling the extent of criminality in, in a given society. I'm not totally convinced that it's the uh, punitive outcome that's directing the behavior. Uh, I think our society would look a lot like our society now. Uh, I would disagree only in so far as people who should be locked up would remain locked up. I don't know if, um, I don't know if it's recidivism like, is a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. that that's, I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at data or any kind of analysis to see if fear of punishment is, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A factor that would make a criminal not do crime. There's a better word for that. Yeah, you I mean, you don't you don't rape women, but it's not because you're afraid of going to jail. <laughs> the punishment is too severe. Otherwise, I would have that. Uh, yeah. uh, but there are certain people who commit heinous crimes and ought to be locked up because they're a danger to society. And we've decided in a lot of contexts, ah, well... I look at the case of um the one guy who just like killed Eliza that... Eliza Fletcher. Yeah, just killed her. That guy had a criminal, a violent criminal history. He's yeah. out on the streets doing whatever he wants. Um, you know, but that, yeah. Oh, if, if Two comments in the live chat I think we should talk about. Okay, somebody hmm. just said, if, if something has no cost, it might as well be incentivized. I, I disagree with that because I think that the, in, in a healthy culture, these things are, um, are incentivized because the, you live in a shame-based society where we, we don't go around, you know, raping and stealing from one another mm. um the incentive is that you get to be a part of society and not necessarily because the government has chosen to, to punish you severely and then somebody else said prison is not there to deter people from crime it's there to keep them from further damaging society and i yeah, totally agree that's, like a, that's a, a much lot better of crimes, way of phrasing what i was trying to say yeah yeah a lot like like you were saying a lot of crimes that we're seeing um are are based on like very obvious recidivism like very predictable recidivism um like I, I i don't know if you follow true crime but the case of britney drexel was just solved after 13 years um she was raped and murdered in um myrtle beach in like 2009 and uh the guy had gotten out of jail after like he was in jail for like 20 years for like sodomizing a 10 year old or something it's like why did this person ever ever get out of jail. It's like, how many crimes have we talked about in the last few months where it was somebody that got out of jail for some dumbass prison reform reason and they should have been incarcerated for life? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people who commit crimes, I would be in favor of uh, 
keeping them confined so they can't do that anymore in especially general. certain crimes yeah. like raping a child yeah violent crime and i know supposedly we're not supposed to be doing that but but we see it happen <clears throat> people with all the time with career violent habits um being out for whatever reason doing it again Charlie says, you seem to be quite critical of the gay lifestyle, but you were critical of Bill Maher talking to Dave Rubin about quote unquote shit on dicks. But isn't it right for people to be aware of all the facts to come to a decision? And shouldn't people confront uncomfortable truths? Well, the conversation there. Um, well, there's a lot of things to to discuss here. I don't know that I would say that I'm. uh I'm less critical of the so-called gay lifestyle than I am people throwing it in my face. If the concept is like, I want to be left alone to do what I deem fit in my own home. Yeah. I might agree or disagree with your choice of behavior, but I certainly agree. It's fundamentally not my business to the extent that you're not harming other people. I may agree or disagree that it's healthy for you or not, but I'm not going to try to come in and stop you or sick the force of law on you to stop that sort of thing. Um, in the context of this specific conversation with Mar and Ruben, what frustrated me there is not just the shit on dicks topic. It's that there are there's such a broad array of political issues that people really wanted to hear them talk about. And, points, and that's what he was asking. About, and yeah. and Bill sort of refused to talk serious politics, but indulged in the shit on dicks talk. And I, I totally, totally like we should be addressing these uncomfortable truths when we're talking about uh, uh, drag story hour and the rate of pedophilia in the gay and trans community. Like mm -hmm. that's when we should be talking about these uncomfortable truths. Like I don't want to have an image of Dave Rubin having shit on his dick. I, I don't <laughs> want that in my brain. Yeah. Like I understand that's what he does. But I don't want to think about it. Like nobody ha has any illusions anymore about what pe gay people, how gay people have sex, yeah. right? I guess what I'm saying is my objection to that conversation is not some like Puritan. Oh my God. It, it, it's not even the grossness of it necessarily, although it is a gross conversation. It's what was avoided in order to indulge in that. I found the opportunity costs. Yeah. I found that to be frustrating. That scatological conversation. Yeah. Ah, this is Rick. So the proper Christian response to being horribly wronged is to forego earthly revenge and simply trust that the perpetrator will suffer God's vengeance in the next world. No, but I'll talk about it in a second. And what if the perpetrator caps off his criminal career with an earnest death row conversion to Christianity? Is a Christian to hope that one's enemy never finds Christ? The issue of forgiveness really distinguishes political Christians like myself who simply recoil at Western woke secularism from actual believers. The reason I seek vengeance in this world is because when I honestly look into my heart, I know that the heavens are empty. Mm. Um, I think that we don't seek justice in this world because we don't have faith in God. I think it's because we have faith in God that we have to seek justice in this world because yeah. we're this is the land of Satan and we know that we were created in the image of God. And so we have to bring godliness and elements of God, like justice, into the earth and how we live. Otherwise, we become agents of Satan. Like we use tools like justice to prevent ourselves from being used by Satan for evil. And in that way, like we, we have to seek justice in this world even if justice is given in the next. Yeah. I like the way you phrase that. And of course, Rick, I, I kind of have to punt this question because I don't consider myself properly religiously qualified to, to discuss the, not... the philosophy credibly, but I like what you phrased there about like without some sort of uh, moral framework, what is justice anyway? Yeah. I've, how, how did, how exactly did you put that? We seek justice because of God, not 
We see. I don't know. God, we see. I say a God, lot of you, you said it. You said it really well. I should have stuck it in my brain a little bit better. But yeah, it's because of some pre-existing moral concept that justice in this world becomes an imperative. If yeah. there is no pre-existing moral concept, then who gives a shit about justice? Exactly. If there's no That's, such thing yeah. as right or wrong, then ugh, who cares? Who cares? It's all and, chance. And it's all nonsense. Thing, if we don't enact justice within our own, um, with our, within our own system, then how do we stop people from committing future crimes? Yeah. I guess if I was to think about this, it's not that I'm, uh, and again, this isn't from necessarily a Christian perspective. I'm, Matt, almost Christensen, as I was done. I'm I like adjacent that. and trying, but I don't have the full philosophy. But but yeah, um, it's not that you abandon justice in this world because God will um, impose or realize it one day. I suppose it's more of an understanding that if this imperfect human world fails to get justice properly, that there right. is a backstop in the form of some higher justice that will be administered later. Yep. That's how I would think about it. Not Agreed. not yeah. to abandon justice as an earthly concept. Yep. Uh, thanks, Rick. Uh, appreciate it. Muff Diving <laughs> says, the Parkland shooter was spared the death penalty. In my opinion, if you took someone's life on purpose, you should be given the death penalty. The Parkland shooter is going to spend the next 60 years in prison on the taxpayer's dime, and it's ridiculous. Matt and Blonde, what is your opinion about the death penalty, and in this case in general? Well, you want to take this one first, or should I take sure, it? Sure. Um while uh, I, I am Christian, so I know that morally um, I, I should be against the death penalty, but some people surely deserve it, right? Uh, that being said, the the argument um, for the death penalty that I hear the most commonly is this financial argument. But a lot of studies have shown that when you factor in the exhaustive appeals process, that you are not even saving money uh, through uh through the death penalty. You you really aren't. Everyone's getting appeal, multiple appeals. And it, is Nicholas Cruz, is he going to, he's probably going to appeal. I mean, it's going to be a whole thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know what his appeal, I don't know what Florida law says on that, what his uh, options on the appeal, are. Neither do I. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my heart says like fry him, you know, but as a Christian, uh, I, I'm not really sure that I have the right to support that. But I don't know. Talk to me if somebody kills my kid or something. Well, I, I keep wrestling with this um, because on the one hand, yeah. Are there individuals for whom the death penalty is morally justified? I believe sure. so. Yeah. And quite honestly, I would believe Nicholas Cruz to be one of to those people. Of he is an admitted school shooter. Mm-hmm. You can talk about whether his upbringing was fair or not. This was a premeditated admitted school shooting. He walked in there and he killed 17 people and hurt something like 17 more. Okay. If there's any context in which death is a justifiable penalty, that that would be it. My hesitation on the death penalty has always been, do we trust the state to make that judgment and administer that penalty with what, morally speaking, has to be perfect accuracy? Because any mistake in that process is a murder on top of some other injustice, right. but it's straight yeah. up murder if you do it yep. to the wrong person. So I've always hesitated on that, but I, um, I have to think more about this because I don't know. On principle, I would say that I'm anti-death penalty or have been for that reason, that I don't trust the state to get this correct 100% of the time, which is the threshold that has to be achieved for it to be morally justifiable. Otherwise you're just murdering more people that said yeah. on the other side though, it's like talking to the petties on Sunday, uh, on Sunday, 
you you have a guy who whose guilt is of no doubt whatsoever, according to him, not even according to the, the case that the state proved, but according to admitted shooter himself, Nicholas Cruz. Yeah. And yet we've got so many procedural hurdles to clear. I think that that's a good thing in general, but but they did deny the penalty in this particular case. And if you believe that the death itself would be justified and it wasn't achieved, it wasn't secured because of this. Like, is that have we committed an additional injustice here to the point of the, the question asker? Like, is I talk about the injustice of a wrongful murder, and I think that's about the worst injustice you could have. So I'm still going to err on the side of protecting against that. But on the other side, going too easy or putting the taxpayer on the hook, if that is the case, I know you have some dispute with that, but if that is the case, like, is that a a failure of justice itself too? I I don't know. I'm going to still say no to the death penalty on principle, but I, I, I can't deny to the point that you made some people some people deserve to fry. It. They just do. Yeah. And should like, that be like pursued? Ten, Ted Bundy's going to. Ha- but but as Christians, we're also supposed to allow people to have a genuine repentance. Hmm. Even towards the end. But I don't think it's in some people like. Hmm. Although I was kind of sympathetic to Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> You're sympathetic to every serial killer, which is uh, something innate in women. You're going to become Ted prison. Bundy. Fuck that guy. Prison pen pals with these people. No, uh, Gacy and Ted Bundy were were psychopaths, but like, I don't know. I think that some weird chemical exposures and stuff made, made Dahmer insane. Like his father said he went in for a hernia surgery and he was never the same afterwards when he was four. Hernia surgery at four. Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. Is that common? I've never heard of that. No, but he was put under some weird concoction of general anesthetic. He probably got hypoxia or something. And then he came out and he was, his personality was totally different. Hmm. It's something is going on there, right? All right. We have several more questions. So I'll probably Clam Jouster. You want to tell me this is a different person than Muff Hi, <laughs> Matt and Matt's co host. You're the one who did the screening. I know. I know. Yeah. I also think he's the same person as Shit Nuts McGee. Yeah. And 20 other questions I'm not going to answer. Hi, Matt and Matt's co host. Thanks. What is a principal belief you have that you would say you were the most on the fence about? Hmm. For me, it would be taxes. I do think taxation is theft to a point, but I also understand that taxes are needed to fund the government. Um, okay. Um, total decriminalization of drugs. I have a really hard time. We've with talked this. about that one a lot. Uh, We've recently. talked about it a lot. So I'll just be brief. did the death penalty. Yeah. The death penalty. Um, I'll be brief on this one, but Anecdotally, because I've lived in Seattle and Los Angeles, decriminalization of drugs draws drug users from outside states to the areas where they just openly use drugs. And then you have a subculture of homeless people exchanging drugs, leaving needles about and everything. There's obviously more crime. And it seems like it is highly destructive to society. But I'm also sympathetic to people that are incarcerated for nonviolent drug crimes. So I don't really know what to do Hmm. here i'll I'll take the tax conundrum uh because i don't really see that much of a dilemma on that actually i I agree that maybe some form of it is necessary to fund uh your state and locality but if you if you eliminate this from the federal government's mitts uh then you in your state can exercise maximum perfect consent is not possible here i grant the point of the the question asker that if we all if we took the principle to its maximum extent, 
that we all have the perfect right to our property and nobody could ever take it um, without our individual consent. I agree that for society to function, that makes it very difficult. But we can yeah. still maximize consent in a whole bunch of ways, limiting taxation to your state or, or to your locality and making sure that you have, number one, a vote that is maximized in that matter. And number two, the ability to leave if your state or locality tells you that they're going to take your property in an excess amount that you don't consent to. So by preserving the ability to go over there, you actually can, if not maintain full consent, maintain, I would say, a critical mass of consent in that situation you're yeah. getting like 99% of the way there. Uh, yeah. And that's how you get around the, the tax problem is by. That's uh, pretty good. Deleting the federal government's role in that. And we <laughs> did, you know, we talk about like well, the necessity of taxes. We didn't do income taxes for a very, very long time. We've only done that for about the last century. And yeah. uh, we had a functioning country, including a country that went to war with itself without yeah. any of that stuff. So yeah. anyway, uh, shit nuts McGee blonde. If you won't fight in Idaho, then where will you fight? Uh, I can understand if you don't like Coeur d'Alene, but if you're uh, if you aren't willing to fight the leftism that uh, plagues it, uh, then uh, there, then where will you? On, on top of that, do you think you hate Coeur d'Alene because it sucks, or because you haven't been brainwashed by NPC culture to enjoy big cities, or because you have been rather have been brainwashed? There's a reason NPCs uh, went insane during lockdowns going out for drinks uh, and restaurants and going to shitty concerts is not a personality. Wow. <laughs> Just I know. I know. This is the least disparaging of, but I, but I want to talk about this city thing. Um, okay. Uh, I think the first question about where I'll fight is moot because I'm a woman. I'm not, I'm not going, my greatest stake in the fight is that I might lose my husband. I'm not actually going to be doing any of the fighting. Um, I'm doing what I can by having children and raising them well but I don't really have much on the line outside of losing my husband, which would be a disaster. So that, so that first question, I don't care about that. I'm not going to answer. Now, I don't think that people are brainwashed by NPC culture to enjoy big cities. I do believe that cities historically, they, they've been the meetings of the mind. Like I, I think that people like to live in cities for a reason. Historically, cities have not been these leftist hubs. Like that's not how Rome was. It's where people got together to trade goods and services from their villages and to get access to information. Um, and I think that for the most part, that that is why people like living in cities. Like I, I loved museum culture and, and restaurant culture and things like that. And, and it's okay to like those things. Those are what those are white Western things. Like I'm not going to apologize for that. Like what oh, about no, Wakanda? Yeah, and and all those museums in Wakanda. Um, I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, Paris, the jewel of the West. I mean, have you ever have you ever been to the Louvre or the Musée d'Orsay? I mean, it is a, it's it's incredible how much is is history uh, of Western literature of Western art is is in these cities. Of course, people want to go there. Um, this thing of it being like a, a leftist indoctrination center is kind of a, a modern modern take on the cities. It wasn't always like this. All right. That one's to you. So I'll defer. Also go fuck yourself. Yeah. Shit got, nuts I, McGee. So, so many disparaging emails from you. Be more clever <laughs> next time. Uh, dangerous. Thank spaces. you for emailing. 
Uh, no, fuck that guy. Um, so right. we're hearing all the time that people questioning election results is a threat to democracy. Here's the problem as I see it. Surely the way to ensure the democracy is the strongest is to be, it can be, is to ensure free, fair, secure elections. The best way to do that is to question suspicious activity and ensure that the results are decided by legitimate, eligible votes and voters and not, for example, fortifying. Seriously, it seems like a bullshit narrative to say that ensuring election results are only decided by those legally entitled entitled to vote with legally cast ballots and nothing else is threatening democracy. Is there any angle? Is there an angle? Maybe I'm missing. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, the angle you're missing is that democracy is is always a farce. It's always a farce. Even if you're in a pure democracy that's totally fortified, if your country is flooded with disinterested parties, then what the fuck does it matter that you have a democracy? Everybody's just going to vote you out for whatever socialist thing is going to give them free crap because their lives are a mess. So I actually don't care about fortifying elections or democracy or any of these things. We should have threats to democracy. In fact, our uh, our, yeah. our our uh, country was established on um, diminishing democracy in many ways. Now, yeah. it's not to say that democratic values of consent uh, of uh, consensus and getting together in your locality, your state, whatever, that, that there aren't democratic means of decision making that are of value. But the idea that that um, 51 percent of the country is going to dominate 49. Now, that's that's what our country is designed to mitigate against. So threat to democracy is always it's a phrase that keeps coming up. Uh, that is, it's it's, yeah. it's a propaganda. It's a propaganda phrase. It's a propaganda term because um, we it's not a value that we're trying to uphold in the purest sense. Um, but uh, on this point of um, of questioning the election, questioning the election and questioning the science have kind of been taken off the table in, in the last few years. <laughs> I and that's, know. Yeah. The, it, we should be able to question all of these things. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. And if you have no evidence for your, for your claim that the, that the election was, uh, you know, uh, fraudulent or something like that, well then let the evidence show it. But, um, yeah, I, I, we, to, to establish integrity, things have to be questioned, I suppose mm -hmm. is, is what I'm trying to get at. And, and if we could establish a culture that was more willing to question these things and, have more transparency for those with questions to evaluate. That'd probably be a good thing, but no questions. These things are so they have such integrity that any question asking is off the table. Well, that's, that's how you know that even more questions need to be asked. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, old man Dingus says blonde. Have you looked into Ammon <laughs> Bundy? He's running yeah. for governor of Idaho and he's on tin cast last night. Are you or your husband, since you don't vote, going to vote for him for governor? Uh, I don't know. I, I'll give my husband the ballot. And if he wants to vote for Ammon Bundy, I'm so divorced from even local politics, hmm. which is not how everybody should be. It's just how I am. So I, I don't I don't know very much about Ammon Bundy. He's uh, the rancher guy who got in trouble against the feds and they like they occupied that um, yeah. wildlife refuge in eastern Oregon a few years back. I That is all I know about him. Yeah. And I uh, like that. He it hates the feds. Really, that's pretty that's sweet. That's true. It has t hints of Ruby Ridge, and <laughs> so, so I like that. Yeah, I, I would like to listen to that. Uh, Ammon Bondi, he was portrayed as a terrorist at the time. 
Um, but the, the, the family has had ongoing land disputes with the federal government because they're a ranching family and you're allowed to do this, but not that with your grazing livestock and other things. I don't know the full extent of the, mm-hmm. the controversy and the scandal. So I don't want to um, say that Ammon Bundy, I know, I know Ammon Bundy is hundred percent correct, but as a general rule, the feds are hundred percent wrong. So I'm going to go with Ammon <laughs> Bundy. Yeah, this. really. And uh, I, I should listen though. I, I have interest in what he has to say. Yeah, me too. Um, Ashwin, piggybacking off off Norm's question I sent two weeks back, how do we preserve the norm that parents should have the sole right to make decisions for their children and balance it with the exception ah. that abusive parents exist and children need to be rescued from such people? I mean, um, I think that's pretty – in a healthy society, uh, th- that's pretty easy to do. Uh, do you know that quote? Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to define pornography, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, that's uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Supreme Court Justice, I believe. That's or that's so true. Did I get it wrong? In, I'll look it up. I'm not sure. In cases of abuse, I think that's true. That's true too. Like, I don't know how much a child has to be beaten or what kind of things they need to expose to and how much to know that like that child is in danger. But I see things like, uh, like that 11 year old drag kid that I sent to you with the single mom. Like oh the yeah, Desmond. there's a new Desmond in town. I see something like that, and I'm like, like you clearly have, have catapulted your child into this crazy pedo stratosphere and you have no interest in keeping them safe um and those are the kinds of things by the way i got it wrong potter stewart yeah uh and and that's kind of how i feel about about abuse like excessive abuse with children um so yeah i mean i know that's a non-answer but i feel like in a healthy society you aren't going to be trying to take people's kids from their nice Christian parents to give them to these shit libs so they can be all gender confused and weird and stuff. But Mm. that's the world that we're facing. So we have to have um, really specific definitions and precedent. Otherwise something like that is going to start. Yeah. This is another principle puzzle. Like the, the prior uh, emailer was asking and this, uh, this reminds me sort of like the dilemma with that. I constantly bring up about the movie falling down where it's like, okay, Mm. was, uh, Michael Douglas's character, an abusive dad, and should that family have been split apart? Um, this, in no way, is this an endorsement of abusive fathers or uh, ab- abusive behaviors towards children. And I fully grant that those things exist. I also understand that the consequences of the state tearing families apart are drastically destructive. And I, uh, as much uh, dislike as I have for the uh, parenting philosophies of a lot of people currently in society, I definitely hesitate to use the full force of the state to try to go in and bust up families on behalf of, um, you know, what I think is the correct decision to make. How do you define, let's put it this way. Like we know child abuse in the form of like beating a kid, right? Yeah. How do we define child abuse in the con and in that, like where the, the kid's life is at stake I think we we would say okay that it probably have to be removed if if that kid's getting beaten up every day. Yeah. How do you how do you apply that principle to the context of all of this transgender kid stuff? I I don't know. I wish I had right. a better and, answer on and that. And how much abuse too? Like like when Emmeline t- jammed something in my eye and I was sleeping the other day, like what if I lost my shit and I just like spanked her a whole bunch and then felt yeah. really guilty about it and never never did it again? I don't want to I don't want to take children away from parents that lose it 
one time or something like that. Well, and then uh, do you do you really trust uh, do you really trust the levers of the state to get the the to get that problem corrected? Like even if they place definitely them not in a definitely in a so in a so called better home, like do we really trust all? Of, They'll just go into the foster care system where they'll get raped a bunch. I, I, I just know, and I know it's, I know it's not always the case for every kid, but in general, children do better with their mom and their dad. Even if their mom and their dad are imperfect, even if they mm-hmm. have massive flaws that quite honestly can be damaging to the kids, it's, you still want to keep the kids with mom and dad as a general rule. Uh, and I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think that my willingness to tolerate what I think is is bad behavior on the part of parents has to extend pretty far in pursuit of that principle, even though I, I hate agree. what we're doing to parenting yeah. right now. Yep. Ashwin, am I up next or are you? I forget. Oh, I just read Ashwin. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. So Dargon, the philosopher, is up next. I think uh, a big issue with atheists is the lack of a moral code. Many tend to dive into nihilism, which leads to anything is justified for the quote unquote cause. One of the big arguments I see in debates for the existence of God is objective morality. All right. You got oh, uh, 30 more minutes to discuss this. Do you believe uh, Matt? Ooh, listen to this question. Matt, uh... do you believe in objective morality? And if so, do you think that's a good argument for the existence of God? Well, you've just explained why I am Matt almost Christensen. We have 20 minutes, so <laughs> you need to know that you're exactly right. Uh, I've I, unfortunately I'll have to. I love these questions. So if you listen, you'll hear me talk about this stuff for extended periods because you're, you're, you've identified exactly what brings me to curiosity in this, that, that there is a, a, an objective moral framework to the world. There is a such thing as right and wrong. It's not just because we all got to vote. We all got together and voted on what's right or wrong. It's not because some King decreed what's right or wrong. There's something about right and wrong behavior. There's a conscience within you that, uh, that, that can tell you what that is. Where did that come from? That's what I'm looking for. That yeah. that came from something in the natural order of the world. If it's God, I, I don't know, but it came from somewhere. And uh and I believe that. So yeah. that's why I'm investigating for myself. And uh on the other side of it, I know that just like the alternative sucks is not the best argument in favor of something, but I will always reference that too. If we reject that idea that there's objective morality, and instead it's just well, whatever we decide is right and wrong is right and wrong. We'll vote on it. We'll let the king decide. That's a chaos world. All right. That's cutting uh, yeah. off people's heads with impunity. Yep. And there's nothing wrong exactly. with any of that because there's no moral framework ab- about the world or in the world to tell us that that's wrong. And I refuse to accept that version of the world. I don't think it's correct. I think that there is something inherently wrong with cold blooded murder beyond just our human decision that it's wrong. Something made that wrong. I'm on a quest to discover what it is. Right. Drew's up next. I, that was like two minutes. I, I, I hurried. Thank you, Dark. Um, Drew, Blonde, are you going to do any more work with actual Justice Warrior? Maybe on the recent Aned Sayi case he's been covering. That's so funny because I actually just emailed him to ask him if he wants to come on my show to talk about Aned Sayi because I've always thought that that guy was guilty. Hmm. Um, he just got out of jail because of a podcast. You know, on the That's one the hand. That's the serial podcast? It's yeah. that guy? Okay. You know, they're so good on these podcasts 
and at making somebody seem like presenting the evidence in such a way that you're like, there's no way this guy is guilty. This was a huge miscarriage of justice. And serial was my introduction to the true crime world. And I was like, like everybody else, I was totally convinced he was innocent. But now that I'm older and I have read a lot of these cases and everything, I think that I think I think that dude did it. I think he's guilty. So does Mike Boudet over at Sword and Scale. Does he? Oh, yeah. That's like uh, on. He always says uh, on Ed did it. And I don't know what that means because I didn't. I'm how does to- Mike Bidet? How did Mike Bidet get an Ed Said right? But he thinks that Rodney Reed did it. Oh, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Rodney. Oh, I, I know Mike Bidet listens to that story. Wait, you mean didn't in. do it? Isn't that the guy who did? R- Rodney Reed did it. But Mike Boudet doesn't think he did. Mike Bidet inexplicably does not think that he did it, okay. even though he's clearly guilty. Um, I think he thinks that Julius Jones didn't do it either. And that dude was guilty of sin. Uh, I don't know all these. Uh, they're all murderers, I gather. But I don't I don't know all these cases. Well, Kim Kardashian or accused got murderers. Some of these, yeah. Uh, and and got them freed. I think Julius Jones is getting freed. What, whatever. Or his uh, his appeal was granted. I can't remember. Anyway, um, Mike Bidet, if you're watching, why don't you come on my podcast? <laughs> Let's get this ironed out once and for all. I would. Serial is the only true crime podcast I listen to anymore. It's is it still very, going? Very I thought it was just that or one. Or not Serial. Um, Sword and Scale. scale. Yeah. No. Serial sucks. Kitchen Sink. What are some things that you could do uh, to weather shit hit the fan proof your house? Mm. I'm thinking of getting a wood stove and relying on that whenever I can get it installed for the winter. Also, Matt, uh, you get my email about U.S. versus price decision regarding serial numbers on guns. Um, Get a generator. Yeah, that would be good. Any power source you can have independent of the grid, a stove would be a great option. Mm -hmm. Um, These are things that I have not ventured too far into myself that I would, um, that I'd like to probably put more thought to. What's the, uh, I wonder, <laughs> I'll go the Joe Biden route and ask, what's the value of, uh, of solar? Could solar be of at least uh, part-time value to your home to supply? I don't know to? anything about solar, so I cannot answer that. There's a lot of uh, panels on houses around here. And, you know, so I, I know that obviously like in the winter and when it's, uh, when there's not a lot of sun, it's not going to be a permanent power source. But I wonder if that's something of a viable option for at least part-time power. Uh, the, the, the obvious thing too is food supply. If you can, mm-hmm. if you can even have a little garden, if you can have some small animals or something, uh, whatever you can do to make your home self-sufficient, there's a whole bunch of options. But, uh, but as far as for weather, I guess I hadn't thought that much about, about weather in that context, you're thinking heat. And if you live in a wintry climate, like stove is high value, man, you, you could live, yeah. you could keep it above freezing in here without electricity and without a stove. But uh, you're wearing winter clothes inside. Like, I don't think it's going to get below freezing in the house, but you're wearing winter clothes inside if you don't have a heat source. So I probably should think about that. How do you do that anyway, though? Wear Um, winter clothes inside. Yeah, it just keeps it helps keep the cost down in the winter. Hmm. Well, they're saying the cost of natural gas is going to go much higher and, uh, well, I guess we're going to be keeping it 50 degrees in the house all <laughs> yeah. winter. Hey, it's Jogger, Jigaboo, Moon Cricket, McEnward. You know, I always stagger these so that you have to read this because <laughs> I just just want you to slip up and read it. Just- the N-word. You know what the N-word is? Did you see that the Royal Mounted Canadian Police? Oh, and about the email for the last uh, questioner. I'm sorry. I, um, 
it depends on when you sent it. If it was today, I probably haven't seen it, but uh, I think I'm all caught up on my emails before today. So thank you. Uh, did you see the uh, Royal Mounted Canadian Police have teamed up with the ATF to monitor American gun shows? Guns and Gadgets on YouTube reported a Mountie got caught surveilling a gun show in northern Montana and said he was working with the ATF. Supposedly, some Canadians are exploiting the gun show loophole for some Yankee gats. Can't wait to see my bag of uh, hat trick of Mountie. Uh, wait, what? What is this? Spick Federale? Oh, is that like a Mexican? Is that uh, this is like all the feds of the uh, of Canada, the U.S. and Mexico combining forces that doing the oh, Mister McEnroe. Oh, he, he wants the collection. He says his hat trick of all three feds during the boog to mount on my wall. Okay, I disavow that. I disavow that, Susan. Rest assured. Uh, I did hear that story though. I don't know much about it, but it was a gun show in Great Falls. And people said they saw Canadian plates there and somehow they got reported to the sheriff or something. They investigated. It turns out it was a, a Canadian Mountie. They're, they're federal police doing uh, some unknown I'm totally shenanigans at, at a Montana gun show and apparently working somehow with the ATF. Um, okay. Will we see the feds? And maybe that's what we're already seeing. The feds from... The feds crossing borders to team up against us at this point. We'll have super. Feds. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Well, maybe. Thanks for the info. Um, okay. Oh, we have one more. Yeah. Um, incompetent hands says I've been struck by this thought for weeks and I wanted to tell you guys, uh, I wanted you guys to tell me what you think. I've real, I realize rape and abortion are correlated when looking at different cultures. Obviously the West is a feminine dominated society. Rape is outlawed and abortion is seen as right. In male-dominated cultures, not naming names, Susan, abortion is forbidden and rape is not outlawed. Trying to convince a modern woman that abortion is wrong is like trying to convince a man in a male-dominated society not to rape. It sounds very black-pilled, but I think this is a place to start the conversation. Your thoughts? That's, um, what an elegant thought. I think that's probably true. Wait, what's true? That We should um, rape more? No, that male-dominated society, like total patriarchy, absolute patriarchy, like Middle Eastern countries, uh, um, abortion outlawed, rape legal. Uh, is it rape in all contexts or just like marital? I'm pretty sure you can rape indiscriminately in like a few countries. Really? I mean, the, uh. you're, like le maybe legally, yeah, you can't, but nobody's going to. Uh, as a practical matter, it happens. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of those societies, though, uh, marriage is arranged or people are married, uh, you know, sometimes forcibly anyway. So, um, yeah, well, and I guess there's, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what direction I want to go with this. This is landmines all over it. I don't know. Um, I like it. Well, if, uh, there, uh, I guess what I'm saying is there's something about the value of life to it. There's the, there's the creation of life is the value that is driving both of these things. And that doesn't mean you have the right to physically attack another person, assault them, anything like that. Consent is key in the conception of a child as well. But if of these course. two are inextricably linked, which I, I'm not really sure I agree with that premise, but let's grant the premise. Uh, then I think the worst, the worst evil of the two is the is clearly the abortion. I would agree. It's not yeah. a it's not a pro rape argument, but 
But in any other context, we would agree that murder. Well, I guess some people don't agree. Some people would say rape is worse than murder. I've heard that argument made before. But that's insane. But in general, I would say it's worse to kill a person than it is to rape. That's not an endorsement of either. But on this on the scale of wrongs, I would say murder is more wrong. The taking of the life is more wrong. Hmm. Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm going to I'm going to walk away from the rest of the landmines in this one. But I uh, appreciate the thought. Interesting thoughts there. All right. We're good. Okay. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody's email questions. Again, contact page of the website. If you want to send one of those, Matt Christensen, media.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form. We will uh, catch up with the chat here and we'll call it a, uh, a night after that. Where do we leave off? I already forgot. Let's see. Um, I don't remember. Uh, let me reload. Porcupine. Let's see. Uh, oh, man. Oh, uh, GR. It was after 2AEDU. Testing pistols at the range. What do you guys carry? I can't even answer those. Um, <laughs> I think I've mentioned it before. I should. Well, I should probably. Uh, there's probably an argument that I should be more secretive. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I've mentioned it before. So whatever. I carry a, a P365, the six hour. Uh, and I'm a big fan. I think it's a great carry gun. Uh, as of now, I don't want to go to anything else. So that is, uh, I've been carrying it since June of last year. So it's had a pretty good run. Uh, and I think it's a fantastic choice. So I would recommend it, but of course, uh, a lot of people have different opinions on what is the best gun to carry. So if you're, if you're in the market for one, what I would say for everybody, go to a range that allows you to rent. Ideally, uh, if you don't have that situation, maybe find a friend who might have a selection of options, you know, just because I think something is great for my purposes, doesn't mean that you do. There might be a whole host of variables. You might think that that SIG is the biggest piece of shit and you hate the way it feels when you carry it, or you hate the way it feels when you shoot or whatever, Find something that is that number one, that you shoot well, that should be priority number one. If it has to save your life, it has to. Uh, and then after that, think in terms of comfort. Is it comfortable? Is it comfortable to carry? Uh, does it fit your body well? Can you if you have to carry this around all day, is that going to bother you or is it something that you can manage? Um, try a whole bunch. And find the one that's right for you. Holden Mulray says, Matt and Blonde, uh, you, as you sit in shame, eating your fish and chips and gourmet ice cream, <laughs> consider this contradiction with the left. The build your own X didn't apply to women on corporate, uh, on corporate boards. That's true. They, yeah. they, they, don't, they don't build their own anything. They come over and take everything. They take over stuff that other people built. And so, women? Uh, well, just the, the progressive or the leftist ideology in general. Also women, though. That's what this whole feminist well, movement like was. Like moving thing, into <laughs> male spaces and just like yeah. claiming them as our own and yeah. then riding them into the ground with our incompetence, our female incompetence. Yeah. Uh, porcupine. Uh, porcupine. Uh, I'll just take this one. Glad you guys uh, had this nice theme of vice tonight. Uh, the show has been awesome, especially for calling for the first time. May God help our young men through this tough period in our nation's history. Well, thank you for uh, for your call and contributing to the show and supporting the show as well. I appreciate the kind words. Deb Stup. Oh, before I forget, can, does anybody have any way for me to contact Just Pearly Things? You guys suggested her channel to me, and I've been watching it, and it is so good, but I don't know how to contact her. If anybody could hook that up, 
Mm. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Deb stuff over and above that. We let them get rich on our sweet, our sweat and blood while we remain poor and they suck the marrow from our bones. Martin Luther, the Kanye West. Of his time. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Kanye. He's gone hard, man. I, I said to you privately, they're going to, he's going to get, whacked. I should. Yeah. He's, I'm not even going to say they're going to kill him. Cause I don't want to be misquoted, uh, referring to some, they, Someone is going to kill Kanye. Yeah. yeah he's totally going to get Kanye's child or. And if you listen he, in this podcast, he said, you'll never shut me up. You'll have to kill me. And I'm thinking challenge accepted. They're yeah, going to kill you. They're going to kill you. Yeah. I, I'm half joking, but I'm half serious. Well, that's what happens when somebody, he has like a billion dollars. He's got tons of fuck you money. Yeah. And then uh, somebody is taking taking away his family. His I hope he's got totally fuck you bodyguards. That's all I can say. Yeah, but he also is like, it feels like he's ready to be murdered for a cause. Well, and that's a dangerous man right there. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't think we've seen the end of this story. Did you hear he bought Parlor too, or is planning did, to buy yeah. it? Hmm. I love how Candace Owens is playing this. It's so smart because she's kind of a mainstream conservative mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't want to say anything about the Jews, but she behind the scenes, she's like, buy parlor. Kind oh, you of. think she got him to do it? Totally. Huh? Because Tot- her husband's deeply invested in the company. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like okay. Candace Owens, man, smart. She's like hmm. so good at protecting her image. While still doing what needs to be done, you gotta really, you gotta really hand it to her. Smart chick. Well, I yeah, um, I had no idea. Um, Long Don John, that woman was totally casing your house, Matt. I know. Yeah, maybe. 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 Um, Ada, question for Rebecca: How do you think anti-whiteism in America will become in real life experiences before American Europeans wake up to just how bad the racial hatred they're truly facing is? Like, how are you asking me how bad? Yeah, how you think it's gonna get? Um. I don't I don't really see a future where we're like put in camps or any or enslaved or anything like that. Uh, There have been a lot of historical historic battles where a small number of industrious white people have wiped out like entire other groups. Um, Not I'm not talking about World War Two. I'm talking (laughs) about like I thought that was the reference. Okay. no, (laughs) no, no, no. Like like industrious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like I think generally, generally white people are, are smart and, and industrious, and and I just I just don't see a future where that will happen. On the other side, in this um this white genocide future, uh, <laughs> if the question is how bad, this is sort of like asking me how far would people go if Fauci told them to do it. Like I'm convinced. Yeah. A small percent of society would slit their own throat if Fauci told them to do it. I agree. What yeah. percent of of uh, whites would go to the camps if the camps were like reparation even if camps even proposed if it's 70%, tomorrow? Though, even if it's 70 yeah. percent, like I, we only need a small number of white people that are armed and organized and industrious to prevent that that future. Like, I, I don't I, care if a bunch of portland white people end up enslaved like i don't give a fuck these are not my brethren you know i care about the moral principle of slavery but uh they did bring it upon themselves they brought it upon themselves i would say that if you are willing to be enslaved and you allow your own enslavement 
then um, you, you kind well, of they, deserve what you get. Don't then you? you're right. They're not really slaves. These you're camps, not slaves, these camps right? would be it's viewed consenting. as opportunities yeah. to these yeah. people to they'd be reparation camps. Yeah. I'm doing my part to correct history's sins, and so I work. But that's the, that's what they're the trying Wakanda to do. At the Wakanda labor yeah. camp, and and that is the tool of of these shifty leftists. Um, they don't want to subjugate us. They want to convince us that we're so bad that we subjugate ourselves. Yeah, um, but and there's going to be yeah, yeah there's going to be a certain that. percentage of people like us that um that are just highly resistant. Like there's no mindset. There's no amount of public pressure that's ever ever going to make me do that and and there are millions and millions of people like me yeah that's true it's the it's the hierarchy of white rage we're only that now hold on a minute currently that's the current level but there's only like two more on top of that just we'll just wait here bucko (laughs) and then next is just yeah 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 snowing wine drops I'm a female, not stocky. Only remember anniversary of our daughter's birthday. So October 17th was, was tickled, just old funny. What? I'm uh, just talking about the significance of the date, October 17th, which is my oh, anniversary. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and, and her daughter's birthday. So oh, that's nice. Thank you. Happy birthday to your daughter. Uh, justifiably stupid. Judging from the context based refers to someone who principally defies social norms. Punk yeah. is someone who willfully defies social norms. Queer is someone who authentically defies social norms. Interesting. I hate how they've co-opted the use of the usage of queer too, which was such well, an adorable word to refer to somebody's idiosyncrasies. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, Jesse James, played by Brad Pitt. You know, you're acting queer. In common hands, I have it on good authority that people who talk out of turn about movies wind up having creepy twins in a crappy town. That your annoying <laughs> yet enduring sister lulled you to act accordingly. Yeah, beware. Wait, what? He's talking about your brother. Oh, okay. How did I, I like, pick that, that up? That's a lot but... like my brother's situation. <laughs> that people who talk out of turn about movies wind up having creepy twins in a crappy town that you're annoying and endearing. It's my, yeah. my brother, though. Yeah, exactly. That's... He talks out of turn about movies. Don't do it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Act accordingly. Yeah, my brother sucks. Um, Steven Sugars. Cities are where things are happening. Isn't that true? Yeah, and I and I grant that they are dens of iniquity. Like I understand that and hedonism and and bad things happen in cities because of the anonymity. There are a lot of bad things about cities, but um, I don't think that we would have we would have been so successful. The West would have been successful at all, especially in terms of uh, spreading our ideas and philosophies. Had it not been for migration to Western cities, they they were an integral part of Western success. Uh, and I think we need to keep that in mind when we're disparaging cities. Like the ideal situation would be to drive out leftists and to repopulate them with normal people. Like I want to live and in once Seattle. Once you drive them out, they'll be forced to be farmers and become self-sufficient and thus well, develop they, conservative <laughs> values once again. I know, or right? Die. Uh, well, we'll all die because we'll be having leftists doing our farming and yeah, it'll yeah, just we'll be like soy and yeah. Justifiably stupid. Is it okay be to be thankful a base- for soy at that point? That would be yeah, a really. nice meal oh, compared to the alternative. Uh, it's okay to be a base queer punk until you're 30. After that, you need to get, get a job. <laughs> I, I, I see. Steven Sugars, um, you guys are talking about the literati. You need to have Devin Tracy on as well as Actual Justice Warrior. Hmm. I've had Actual Justice Warrior on and Devin Tracy on my channel, like in the last year. Devin Tracy did? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Maybe he can only stream between midnight and 3 a.m. It was so annoying 
My mom came over because she loves him. So, no, not Devin Tracy. What am I saying? I had Devin Stack on. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember this. Why can I not get Devin Tracy in my brain? He's the kangaroo guy, not the deer Why? guy. Why is this, a, is this such a problem for me? Like, he I makes good content. I don't know. The Devons, uh, Nerve Lord, throwing you guys some cash. Been watching you since Matt's solo debate with that Milo hater on my way back from an Iron Maiden concert where my five months pregnant wife has got a hot dinner for wow. me. Don't let politics get you down. Life is good. That sounds awesome. Good for you. I, I uh, congratulations. Um, I've never been a huge Iron Maiden guy. I'm not a hater either, but I I'm trying to think. Maybe that's an example of some legit musicians who haven't gone political. I haven't heard anything political from like the iron maidens of the world. They just stay out of it. It seems that's cool. Can you guys link me up with Devin Tracy? I won't forget him if I have him on my channel and I have to like watch all of his content and prepare. Thank you, Nerve. And uh, congrats on your family as well. Am I about to say something really bad? Fetermephitis. I don't know. I don't, I don't see the pun there. So. I've started stockpiling food as prep, so I so far I have about ten minutes worth. <laughs> hey, you got to <laughs> you got to start. Somewhere. You got to start. Yeah, it's uh, that's fine. That's better than zero minutes. Um, Madden Williams just got my first AR and got a twenty-two conversion kit for it. Still trying to decide what optic to get with hmm. it. Any suggestions? It's a you question. Uh, depends what you're trying to do with it. Are, is this like if you're just doing the twenty-two conversion kit for like range planking? You can get you know pretty expensive, uh, inexpensive red dots for like hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks. No problem with that. Did you just say range plinking? Yeah. What the fuck is that? Like you're just doing some target shooting for fun. No. It's not necessarily like a life and liberty gun. I have to defend myself, go to war with this, whatever. I, I'm just shooting cans. Um, okay. You can get a pretty inexpensive sort of red dot setup for something like that, which would be perfectly fine. And you know, even the cheaper red dots, they're not. They're not, uh, they, they, a lot of them would serve plenty well in a defense situation too. Personally, um, for my, uh, optic choice on like a, a serious rifle, I love the EOTex, man. Uh, I'm a big fan. So I, I like those. Um, I got a couple of those set up on a couple different rifles. They're not cheap, but they're pretty much bomb proof. And, uh, and I just, I, I like the, uh, I just like everything about them. I like the, uh, the the field of view on them i like the uh the donut of death but it's a it's an it's an easy target to pick up uh or an easy reticle to pick up when you're uh when you're handling the weapon and um and they're just durable so i i like them i would uh i would recommend the eotex but of course there's a lot of quality optics out there for you to consider let's see um i think we're good we're way over we're all set I got to get a chair that doesn't make these farting noises. You're going to get accused of uh, really bad of swallowing the stream. Ugh, just that name. <laughs> we are. Uh, we are all set. So that will. Uh, that will be uh, that will be all tonight. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for your email questions. Thanks for your uh, super chats and your wit in the chat as well. Much appreciated. Of course, uh, we will be back on Sunday to talk about whatever happens between now and then. And if you missed any part of the show, you want to listen back, head on over to the podcast page of the website in a few minutes, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash podcasts. Speaking of, you can find everything show-related over on the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com. We will see you Sunday.